Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. Yo, 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 everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. It's your now 10th year on the air, and our 6th show of the 10th uh, year. And those numbers are going to increase as we're going to be moving closer to a couple of things. Obviously, our coverage of the Rowan Eagles varsity football team will be kicking off here soon. And we're also, yeah, listen, we do a lot of things good. But there's one thing that we really do well, at, at least it's a personal opinion, and this is coming from a guy that really doesn't know, I guess the word is squat about a lot of players coming out of college because I am not a college guy per se because I think every rookie is going to fall on their face. Now, that having been said, I'm correct 90% of the time, but you get those 10% that goes in there and makes Sonny look stupid. But I want to see him proven out on the field, but that also being said, the NFL draft is going to be coming up here soon. And the since the draft will be coming up here soon, that means we're going to have our regular show that we have for the draft. Cuervo puts a great show together, brings on Tarvin, Jonathan, and you know, and every year has been a spectacular show. It starts on Thursday. Uh, I don't know the actual dates, but it's a Thursday, first night. Friday, we don't do anything. We talk about the results on Sunday. Uh, so, and with the pregame shows of the Rowlett Eagles, the Rowlett Eagles, with the coverage of the NFL that's going to be coming on, because there's going to be some big news that's going to be happening in the NFL as we move closer to training camp out there. But what we do here as far as that is concerned, Okay, we look at a lot of things, and we usually take the time that it takes for Cuervo to get online to talk a little bit about indoor football and the results of what we've seen in indoor football this week. And that also being said, there were three games last night in the standings and everything, or in the uh, schedule last week, and it started with uh, a couple of games, really a new, uh, how do you say, it, a new rivalry that is being cooked up right now over in Champions Indoor Football, the Omaha at Beef taking on the Oklahoma Flying Aces, and this one turned out to be a fantastic game uh, coming down to really the final moments. 
And and this is just what I've heard and what I've learned, okay? Because, you know, with the combination of doing a lot of things last night, keeping track of the other games, the the combination is that Richard Davis, the coach of Oklahoma, the Flying Aces, was, you know, he he was worried that he would be able to keep up. And uh, they did so very well. I'm so impressed with that whole situation on what Richard Davis has done over there as far as the uh, team that he's putting together. You also got to understand it's an expansion team. So that that alone will kind of tell you where he is at. He kept into that game last night. And, you know, for his first – um, his first road game, taking on an experienced football team that is the um, Omaha Beef. We're seeing we're seeing what that team can really really build up to, and and all I gotta say is look out. But that having been said, fifty nine fifty five Omaha comes out with the victory last night in Omaha, so they got that home game and they got it up underneath their belt. So that's always a good thing for the Omaha Beef. And I, I will tell I will tell you this: it's going it's going to be a good one. Now I just got the message from Cuervo that he'll be calling in, in a few minutes. So we'll cover just the other games that happened in Champions Indoor Football. And, uh, you know, depending on what you say, when you see what has happened as far as the champs, the 2018 champs, the Duke City Gladiators, they get out in front on this one, and they get their first win of the season. And that is a huge thing for the defending champions moving forward. Because let's be honest, I mean, the biggest question um, coming to a team is how will they react to the success they had of winning the championship? So that's always the biggest question in reality. And the Duke City Gladiators, um, they took on the Wichita Force, and not only that, they had a good game satisfied the game, got their first victory of the 2019 season. And I I will tell you this, the excitement that that game uh, put together, well, maybe not the excitement, but maybe the anticipation of what we could have seen in that Wichita uh, game. I will tell you, you know, they, they seem to have a handle on it. Because the team is, they've got some of the returning uh, portions of that team, uh, some that they are missing. A new quarterback, but not necessarily new. He's been with the team before. And they go ahead and get a victory at home, 76-24. to So starting off the season as the returning champs, obviously getting week number one and a victory there is a big, big thing. Moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see how Duke City lines up each and every week as they get set. That also being said, the other game that happened in Champions Indoor Football, uh, a game that, you know, you look at Amarillo. Amarillo, the Venom, good football team. And 
That also being said, the Salina Liberty is right there. And the coach of that football team, being uh, Coach Ron O'Neill, did not necessarily like the fact that when people were talking about his football team, that they were talking about his football team, but only being like number five, maybe six within the league, and that didn't sit very well with him. And boy, oh boy, I I guess if you want to call it the game of the night, you can. But this one came down to the final moments of a – and let's be honest. And I don't know if uh, too many people in reality um, necessarily either A, know about this football team as far as they're, they're kicking up and getting in there. But I will tell you, what is happening down in the area of the panhandle with the venom and what they do, exciting stuff. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. When you take a look what happens out there, big-time stuff going on, and the Amarillo Venom get the victory last night. So I will say this, as we move forward, week number one is always, there's always going to be challenges for any football team after week number one. There's just, there's just no other way of really putting it. And when you, when you see what happens in week number one, you've got to figure out how you're going to be able to come out on top. 63-57, by the way, for the I forgot to tell you the score. Um, but that game, six-point game. And in indoor football, in that realm, you're looking, you know, a touchdown, you're within shot. In reality, if you're within nine, you're within, you know, shot. Nine to ten points with a minute left to go. I've seen it happen where teams down by ten with a minute left to go and they somehow pull it off. That's what indoor football is. And within our league, my league, Champions Indoor Football, I'm the director of operations. The excitement of week after week football coming from this league. You know, I'm, I'm telling you right now, folks that listen to my show that have never been the, into the game, you got to get there. Because last night was nothing but exciting. Nothing but fun. And we got another 14 weeks before we get to the championship game. And the, the excitement of that. I, I'm just I'm I'm ready for it. But then again, you got to look at where I'm coming from. You know, I, I you know I have a lot to do with the league. Do a, do a lot of stuff within that league. But that having been said, of course, that is the name of the show oh, and the know. button work. How about that? Let's bring You're on. Call somebody. The fine goes to this program on a Sunday morning. On that being said, our tenth year, our sixth episode. It's Cuervo, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, Sonny. How are you, my friend? Well, you know, when I set up the show, I, I texted you last night. I was like, I woke, I, I figured I'd be dead as a doornail this morning. But not only do I got a pot of coffee on me, I actually, as soon as I hit the enter button on what time we were going to do the show, I laid down mm-hmm. and I woke up about 25 minutes ago, and I'm sharp as a tack. So I'm doing good. That's good, Sonny. I'm, I'm, 
I, 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 so I woke up a little bit earlier, uh, but, uh, but I got some coffee going in me right now. Um, you know, ready, ready is to rock this, and roll. Is this homemade coffee or did you head up to the fine Seven Eleven and get some of that, uh, hazelnut coffee? You know, I, I did, I, I went to the Seven Eleven. and I've got some here at the house, but, uh, I, I did it because Mrs. Querville ran out of what she likes. So. I was like, you know what? I got her a cup. I was like, I'm going to get myself a cup, too. Why not? Well, so did you get hazelnut, or is it just regular coffee this morning? Oh, no. It, it, it's always hazelnut, Sonny. Always. Awesome. Good man. I am sipping on a wonderful brew of creme brulee. Yeah, I, I, yes, I even said it right, so that, you know, it's French. But, yeah, it, it good stuff, and I'm finishing up the pot of coffee. I got a big old mug. And uh, the big old <laughs> mug, I get three cups out of a pot of coffee. So that's how big the mug is. So I'm definitely rocking and rolling. Good stuff last night in indoor football. By the way, have you had the opportunity? Well, you know, you're in San San Diego, right? Yes. The strike force down the street. And the different league, we will, you know, I got, all right, fine. The indoor football league. So if you get the opportunity, uh, they got home games going on there. So you might want to check it out. Uh, not a lot of people have been showing up to those games. So, Matt, if you show up, it might double up the, um, the actual attendance. No, that was a bad joke. But, you know, maybe we get more people in there. So check right. it out. Uh, California is having a tough time getting on to a new team because California is a saber cat. I don't care what you say, um, you know. But uh, since they're no longer in existence, they're trying to bring something out there. So they got new management over there um, because they really kind of messed up the first year. So and the management that they're taking over there, I'll even put it out there. Pretty good management. So if you get the opportunity, check out the Strike Force right there, the San Diego Strike Force. I'm not sure where they're playing, but it's not very far away from where you are. So get an opportunity, to check it out. That having been said, Cuervo, it. You know, we we talk about a lot on this show, and I'm going to click this button to introduce you, because it's it really pathetic. We will criticize a player for going out and making the apology, and the apology that seems to be, you know, really, really rehearsed, really, really written, or they're reading it directly from a piece of paper, Ryan Leaf, we get Robert Kraft out there and uh, makes his uh, apologize, uh, apologizing in a statement. And, man, I almost wish, and, and me said, I know that the, the politics of football, the politics of sports, that uh, a, you know, owner such as Robert Kraft cannot get away with not saying anything about it. So, I mean, it took him like a month to write this thing for an apology. And I, I guess I'm going to have to ask you the question, Cuervo. How did you feel about the apology? Of, oh, first of all, did you hear it? And second of all, did you believe it? And third of all, do you think it did any good? Yeah. So, Sonny, I, I, I'll be honest. I was able to – so I, I think it was Adam Schefter that posted it on Twitter – I read about half of it, and that's all I could stomach because, like you said, it, it felt so scripted, so fake, so just not real. And, and, and that's the right. one thing I look for in apologies is are are you being real or is this all just sincere? To you? Yeah, is it sincere? And it didn't feel sincere at all. This was another case nope. of, damn it, I'm sorry that I got caught. 
because who knows yeah. how long this has been going on with him. But I'll tell you, you know, you just mentioned uh, people writing topologies for people. One of my all-time favorites is after the uh, the dogfighting situation with Michael Vick. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. As a matter of fact, now that you mention that, Cuervo, that is the first time uh-huh. outside of Ryan Leaf. That was that was pathetic. Um, but I actually yeah. almost kind of I'll get to that too. But, but as far as actual scripted, where they're standing up acting like they want to do it, unlike Ryan Leaf, which was a complete and utter, you know, fine, I'll read it, get out of my face kind of thing, more so than trying to sell a bill of goods. That's the only reason why I respect Ryan Leaf, because of the fact that he was told to do something, he did it, didn't want to do it, and you could tell. But the the fact of the matter is, when you talk about Michael Vick and that apology, you know, he was trying to be sincere. And you, and you, I don't know about you, but I didn't buy that one either. No, well, well I'm going to tell you, Sonny, the reason that one is one of my all-time favorites is because they tried to sell you on, hey, this is Michael Vick's words. Let me tell you, when you refer to training camp as spring training you really think I'm going to believe that Michael Vick wrote that statement? <laughs> Somebody that played in the NFL, played in the NFL for how many years was he in before that incident happened? I think eight years. Eight There's seasons. There's a professional writer there for you. <laughs> yeah, and he referred to it as spring training instead of training that's, camp. Yeah, And you expect funny. me to believe that Michael Vick wrote that statement. Oh boy, I tell you, you know, people just people just think they can get away with things, and and and, and. but again, I mean, Robert Kraft, whole, you know, because I remember him mentioning something about, oh, this is why I've been so quiet, blah blah blah. Look, dude, you got caught, and 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 you're, and you're pissed caught. off about it. You're pissed off about it. I, That's all you, you know, have to say. The funny thing is, and I don't know, Cuervo, I don't know if we're in the minority here, okay? But I'm going to make the statement. I would have more respect for this guy if he came out and was freaking honest about it. I really would. And and the reason why I would is is that he didn't go out and get remarried after the unfortunate passing of his wife. And, and mm-hmm. he, he, he needed a little hit. And I think, and I don't know, again, I don't know if we're in the minority at all. I think people would come out and understand what was going on if he said, you know, the way I went about it was completely wrong. That part I understand. But at the same time, you know, know, I think people would respect the fact, in reality, no one is going to sit on ESPN and say, you know, that Robert Kraft, he, he's down to earth. You know, at least he admitted what he did and the reasons why. And, you know, uh, it, but uh-huh. if he would say, you know, I was just looking for some action one night, it obviously put it in different words. Um, but I think people would have more respect for that more so than the nonsense that was spewing out of this guy's mouth. I, I, I'm telling you, Cuervo, it, Something that really bothers me. Now, when I say I, I like you read the apology, I didn't listen to it. I read it. So, but basically, supposedly spilling out of his mouth. I think the, I think our country, 
and I say this, God, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. With the election of our president and the way that he comes unfiltered, if Robert Kraft kind of got honest in reality and said, you know, I was looking for some action, to, you know, and I didn't want to bother any, I, I didn't want to get, you know, brought up into a relationship. I think people would respect it more. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know if I'm in the – but I would respect them a little bit more for being real, and that's the big the difference. And we'll never see that on ESPN, will we, Quavo? Well, no, and, and, and they're going to try to sell you on how sincere the apology is and, and you know how bad he feels about what he did or, or the fact that – just the simple fact he got caught. Look, I, I'm with you, though, Sonny. I think – just saying, look, I'm a human. I still have needs. I know my wife passed, and, and it still affects me to this day. But I'm still, I'm still a grown adult, and I have specific needs as a human. Like, yes. <laughs> just saying that alone, I'd have been like, okay, cool. So what you're saying is, as a man, okay, you know, women, women have the same needs too, but as a man. Since we're talking about a man here, uh, like you said, you 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 were looking for some action one night. That's why the difference between apologies. I'm gonna, I'm going to refer to baseball first, concerning the whole the whole steroid era, right? Yeah, there was a difference in between the apology of a Roger Clemens or a Rafael Palmero and a yeah. guy like Andy <laughs> Pettit, who was. You could tell Andy Pettit was was as real as it gets with his yes. apology. Good that's point. why we accepted his apology a lot faster, a lot sooner than we did. I mean, obviously, at least the voters haven't accepted his apology anymore because he's still not in the Hall of Fame. But right, a guy like Andy Pettit that just came out and said, yep, you know what, I needed a boost or however he said it. He came out, he was honest, he was real. Hey, Andy, thanks for being honest, man. And we moved on from it. We That's did. all you have to do. Cuervo, literally, I remember talking, I think we, I think we covered this on, on, that sh- on the show. Um, oh, yeah. it, I don't know if we did it live or if it was like, but when we were talking about it. I mean, we did. Mm-hmm. We moved on from this. Andy Pettit came out and said, listen, I did it, okay? And this is the reason why I did it. And he was freaking honest. So if Robert Kraft is, he goes up there and says, listen, I don't do this every day. And that's obvious. I mean, look how old he is. Okay, so it's not like this guy goes <laughs> right. creeping around with prostitutes all the time. I mean, I can't buy that. <laughs> now, you know, uh, you know, Patriots haters will probably say he's out there digging for it every night. But they'd be wrong. But. I wish he'd come mm-hmm. out and say, listen, I don't do this every day, okay? And, uh, yes, I tried to keep it discreet, and I am sorry I got caught because I don't do it all the time. I would be so behind this guy so much that th- that kind of honesty and that bold honesty would be so good. Listen, it doesn't matter what the NFL does as far as retaliation against him, or not really retaliate, but fines and everything else. This guy writes a check and he forgets about it. And frankly, I, you know, the whole country would understand this man's plight, and I think, frankly, that 
the Patriots would be more liked because of that open honesty that he can put out there. But obviously he can't say, listen, I don't do this every day. And I obviously don't, didn't want to get caught, but I did. Mm -hmm. And I, first of all, wrecking the image of the Patriots and, you know, and the NFL. But if he came out and said, I got, sorry, I got caught. I think everybody in this country would just go crazy and love it. You know, you know, what's interesting about what you just said, Sonny, you could use that analogy to anything that has involved the New England Patriots. Spy yes. Deflate gate. Anything gate. Look, now, if you really think about it, let's, let's really, let's get into a deep conversation about it. See, now, now the coffee's starting to kick in, right? <laughs> let's get into it. Let, let's, really, let's really break this thing down, okay? The New England Patriots as a franchise. All the stuff that they've been accused of, all the stuff that that has, you know people have assumed about them. Look, now people are going to start saying, you know what? I bet you all this stuff, all these accusations about the Patriots, it must be true, because, and it starts at the top, with Robert Kraft not being able to. Admit to his mistakes. So if he can't do it, yep. then you think Tom Brady's going to do it? You think Bill Belichick's going to do it? You think any of those people that work for that for that organization are going to come out and ever admit to anything about nope. the way the New England Patriots have operated for the past 20 years? Good luck with that. And people are going to start saying, damn, maybe all these things about – you know Brady and Belichick and all that They must be true You see where I'm going with this it, it, It's almost like This is the reputation This right here is, is kind of like the, the, the cherry on top As far as the reputation of the New England Patriots When the owner Can't even come out And just be honest about Having a good You know trying to get some action As you said for one night yeah. And they're never going to come out and be honest about anything else that this Ever. organization it, it, has been accused it, of the past over it, the past 15, 20 years. Hey, Cuervo, wouldn't it be great if Robert Kraft had that microphone right in front of him and said, listen, guys, we're in the NFL. Bell means not for long. So just like every team in the NFL cheats, we're just not good at cheating and not getting caught. But what we are good at is winning. And you, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you it would be a breath of fresh air because, first of all, every team in the NFL cheats, okay? You can sit here and you can say, you, you know, listen, every team in the NFL cheats. It is just what it is. But the question is, is can you cheat and not get caught? So if they can just come out and say, "Listen, you know, you know, we we're just not good at cheating." Well, maybe we're good at cheating, but maybe we're just not good at not getting caught. And I'm going to tell you right now, I I I think I would be Cuervo. I, I love the Bears. I, I I listen. I love football. I love the Jaguars. I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be a lifelong Patriot fan if that actually happened. If so, if he actually came out and said that, Cuervo. 
you could not tell me that the Patriots would not be the best team ever in reality. Put it out there. Not only do they admit what they're doing, but they you know, obviously preface it with every team in the NFL does it, but they don't get caught. And that, you know, I right. like it. But it'll never happen because the political correctness of this world today can't handle that kind of honesty, and you are expected to give the political correct statements. All you got to do, Squarebo, is go to one scene in one movie. And I don't know if you know the scene that I'm thinking about, but there's a scene in one of the best, well, in my opinion, the best sports movie ever, that'd be Bull Durham, where they're on the bus saying, let's practice our interviews. I'm just here to, I'm just here to help the team. I hope that, you know, all that political correct nonsense that doesn't, mm-hmm. and Nuke Lelouch turns to him and says, well, you know, it's kind of boring, isn't it? He says, yeah, but write it down because the, um, the cliches will save you. And that, you know, what if, if a team ever really got away from all the cliches, I think, I think they get fans for life. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody, trust me, there's, there's, everybody knows the cliches, you know, uh, it's been everything. That's why they're called cliches because everybody has said them on, uh, you know, for so long on different levels yep. that it creates cliches. And so when you hear something different, people react to it. But then you talk about it for a day or so, and then it's 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 done. So yep. for those for you know for people that are afraid to go outside the box and, and really just say what's on your mind, like look, it yeah, you're it's going to be talked about for a day or two, and then just like everything else in the sports industry and in, in the sports world, we move on from it and and we talk about the next thing. So, so for for you know, look. How long did it take Pete Rose to admit, finally admit that he bet on baseball? He's been retired. He was retired for what thirty years, twenty years. Yeah, twenty five years. Admitted. I think you're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, everything that the New England Patriots are doing, trust me, Tom Brady's going to be seventy before he ever admits that he had footballs deflated or. Yeah, we had cameras posted wherever to learn the signals of the other teams or whatever the case may be. Whatever they've been accused of cheating. I, there's so many different ones, Sonny. I can't remember them all anymore. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, unfortunately, I'm not that I'm wishing death on him, but he may not even be alive anymore before we all find out the truth about the New England Patriots in the 2000s. Tom Brady, like I said, he's going to be 70 before we learn what the New England Patriots really did in the 2000s. You know, yeah. Robert Kraft will most likely be gone too. So, um, and I will tell you this. I, I, I will tell you this, Cuervo. You know, the, the funny thing is that, is that now that I'm sitting here thinking about this, you know, if they got rid of the cliches, they wouldn't be in the news forever. It, just like you said, you, you bear the truth and you move on. But the cliche is what keeps it in the news. The, the, the 
BS that everybody knows that is being spewed from your mouth is the reason why it stays because guess what? You can sit there and apologize it all day long, but you got guys in the you know in their mother's basement that will do so much research on things that it will never oh, go no. away. It will keep coming up in the news. It will ne- more so than say, you know what? You know, listen, I don't do this every day. I'm a 70-year-old man. Obviously, I don't do this every day, and I tried to keep it private, and I went about it in the wrong way, obviously, because I got caught. Oh, my God. I'd be a fan. I I would. I'd be a fan for life, and there would be nothing anybody could say in a negative toward me. That 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 would change my mind regarding that. Not not even close. They they can't even they can't even come close to changing my mind in that. So, the good thing about it, you know, Cuervo is sometimes, you know, in this day and age, we're in a different we're in a different era. Obviously, look at our president because the president will spew out at least his truths of what he thinks is true. At least you know he you believe his rhetoric, right, Cuervo? There's no question about that. That's the only good thing I'll say about the man. You 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 believe his rhetoric. You know, he at least he believes what he's putting out there. And you know you believe he believes it. I that's the way I look at the president. Well, and if every team in the NFL did it, everybody think- just accept it. And I think that's what people hate about him, Sonny, is that, you know, and maybe for his, maybe for his own good, he's too honest. He's too honest. Yeah. People want to hear – maybe people – some people enjoy the cliche because it's, it, that's what they want to hear. They, they want to yeah. believe certain things. So when yeah. they hear the cliches, they, they're, you know, they're more inclined okay. to be like, okay, okay, yeah. all right. Okay. He's doing that exactly works. what I was hoping he was doing. Uh, I feel better now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but but the the protection of a cliche could be just what you need in life. Yeah, but but Sonny, just it you're 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 telling you're lying to yourself, and you're you know yes when when you want to believe certain things that you know are not true, but yet you want to believe it. So, I mean, how does what what benefit is there to it? I would just rather hear the truth, as as pissed off as I would be about the truth of, about anything, than be lied to for X amount of months, years, whatever. Because, just like you and I, most people, yeah, we're we're mad for a little while, and then we're like, okay, well at least they were honest about it, right? Like that's all you can ask for. As we should say in reality to all these apologies and everything else, if you could be like Andy Pettit and you could come out, we'll have more respect for you. And, you know, and if it, if you can learn anything from anything, learn that about from Andy Pettit, because believe me, no one, Cuervo, there is absolutely nobody in the sporting world that does not love, not just like, but love Andy Pettit. And I am one of those that love him. And the reason being, listen, I hated him because he was a Yankee. Me, I mean Yankee. But once mm-hmm. he did what he did, I had so much respect for him, and I had always hoped that he can continue on and do, you know, do good things as far as what he was going to do. And uh, so there wasn't anything bad to say about uh, Andy Pettit. And God, if everybody could really learn from that, 
they'd be so much better off, but they they just can't get out of their own way and believing, you know, all the things that they were brought up to believe, you know, coming into the business. So it, it's really interesting. It's almost like, you know, I, I, I kind of compare it to wrestling because wrestling obviously is fake, but you hear honesty in those in those promos and everything else. And that, and you can respect it, you know. You suck, you know. You're like, yeah, that's you know, this what, you know. I don't think any active player in the world outside of 1986 and guys just came out and active player said, yeah, that team sucks. We're gonna kick the shit out of them. Oh my God, would we love that as a? I mean, no, we go. Oh, you know, they're a pretty good football team. They're coached really well. You know, you gotta have respect. You know, no, I, you know, you want to hear well, that guy. You want to hear the guy. And, and, but those guys are frowned upon if they do it. But I, and the thing I was thinking, and we're gonna slide into this portion of this Cuervo as we're gonna kind of switch it over and talk a little bit about Antonio Brown. You know, Antonio Brown and his situation and where he's at. He never came out and actually said it. He danced around the situation. And and again, at least the only person that I can think of that has ever done it in reality, but still kind of sugarcoated it, was Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens was honest to maybe his detriment, as we talked about, because it wasn't what people wanted to hear and make them feel good about themselves. But Terrell Owens was kind of like that guy that really put it together and said what he was thinking. He still sugarcoated it a little bit, you could tell. But really, when Terrell Owens made mention of what he was saying, you believed it because you knew it was real. And it, and it was. It was held against him because now, you know, you look at Terrell Owens, he's considered a cancer. Hell, you can't even get him in the Hall of Fame for three years after he deserved to be a first-round Hall of Famer. Yeah. No, he he definitely did. Um, you know, I don't. I I think is there anybody else? Can you think of anybody else? Yes, that did it. Yes, I can. And, and okay, and, and you know, but here's the thing: people like to call him punk. I'll be honest with you, Sonny. I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna call Sonny Clark, the host <laughs> of the show, out on it. You have called this man no. a punk on many occasions, but he is as he is as honest as it gets. He is as real as it. Gets. And and I love him for that and also the way he plays the game. Marshawn Lynch, a.k.a. Beast Mode. I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Like, okay, it's funny the way he answers the questions, but he's trying to tell you, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to answer any questions, but I'm just here because I've been told to be here. Kind of like how you were talking about Ryan Leaf just a few minutes ago. He was forced to do something he didn't want to do, but he did it because, you know, it was his obligation, I guess. And so Marshawn Lynch is the same type of guy. And, look, I, I he's as honest as it gets too, Sonny, but people don't like him because they don't get – they don't hear – people don't hear what they want to hear from him. I don't know. Maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm off. Maybe there's maybe there's a difference, but that's a guy that to me is 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 a really straight up honest person, and people don't like him for it, or people have criticized him for it. Antonio Brown is now, a different story. He's just a drama queen. I'm sorry, yes. he's a drama queen. A 
lot of the attention that he gets, he puts it on himself. Doing things that he knows he shouldn't be doing, like Facebook living in the locker room. Come yeah. on, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know that's against the rules, bro. I know, I know you're trying to play this role of being a rebel, but it's not working out for you. And now look at the situation that you're in. You got, you got traded for a third and a fifth round pick. <laughs> but, you, you know, the, the thing about Marshawn Lynch, the, and, and I do remember this. I, I don't, first of all, I don't like Marshawn Lynch. But it's not because of the way that he handles himself with the media. That, I, listen, that's the only thing I actually respect about him. And I, I think I've even defended him. He's he, Listen, I, I'm here so I don't get fined. I'm not going to answer the questions you want to hear or give you the answers that you want. No, that's the only thing that I respect about Marshawn Lynch. Okay? And the reason why I don't like Marshawn Lynch, I guess I could say, is not necessarily because of him. I don't like Marshawn Lynch because of the way other people look at him and think that he's God's gift of football. And so, the, so every time this guy gets anointed, it drives me nuts because I'll put it out there. And if this guy ever gets in the Hall of Fame, I think I'll puke. I'll puke up my toes <laughs> because if this guy gets in the Hall of Fame, it would be a freaking travesty, and I'll never believe the Hall of Fame ever again. You know, so if you're out there amongst the Marshawn Lynch fandom that's going on and you think that he should be in the Hall of Fame, I will discredit the Hall of Fame. Ever. I, there will be no credibility to the Hall of Fame. If like Marshawn the Sandlot, Sonny? Yeah, exactly. The Sandlot forever. <laughs> right. Now, if you want to put him in a different league of player, absolutely. But if Marshawn Lynch becomes a Hall of Famer, I, I, will, I will blast. I mean, I blasted enough. But, I mean, that is a guy that is so undeserving of the Hall of Fame. And it's not because of his action. Because, again, I respect the fact that, listen, I'm here. I'm not going to be fine. I'm not going to answer your stupid questions. That part I like about him. But the fact is, is that this guy has been anointed as, you know, the, and what I hate, the biggest thing that I hate is when a person gives themselves a nickname. And he did that, called himself Beast Mode. He was, and listen, listen, this guy is Beast Mode as much as I'm skinny. Okay, this guy, listen. And and that's what drives me. That's what I don't like about Marshawn Lynch. The fact that he answers the questions the way he does, I actually kind of respect that. But you, you you're not allowed to give yourself a nickname, and and that's what he did. He gave himself a nickname, which is, in my mind is killer killer to your career. Well, maybe not your career, but killer to the way I feel about you. So you know, it is what it is. I don't remember him giving himself that nickname, Sonny, so I can't say that he did. Or I don't remember how the nickname Beastmo came about, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, and I'm not saying that Marshawn Lynch is, is a Hall of Famer either. Uh, I definitely don't think he is, as much as I like him. Um, yeah, I think I think I agree with you that he's not Hall of Fame material. He hasn't done enough in his career to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, 
I don't even think he's rushed for 10,000 yards in his career. So he's definitely not in that class just yet. But as far as the Hall of Hall of Honesty, hey, oh, yeah. Quavo, just Hall to let there. you know, Quavo, I, I'm the only reason why I, I just correct you, he's barely over 10,000 because I remember a brief news edit about him going over. So I don't know the actual oh, really? yardage. Yeah, I I, th- I remember a smitten that he is over 10,000 yards. So I, okay. it, it can't be by much. But it can't be by much. But well, um, that would that. be the first thing that he would need to really do in order to be con- – if you wanted to be considered that. Um, but, you know, it is it, it is what it is. Um, but you you take that – you I, yeah, I – I, I'm not a guy that if you're going to go ahead and do it, if you're going to get yourself set up, uh, call yourself, you know, beast mode. Um, yeah, that, that's I have a problem with that. So, uh, you know, in, in other words, it is a reflection of, hey, look at me. But here's the problem with the, hey, look at me. That means you got the media on you. So that's where that responsibility of having that situation, you know, thrown on you. If you want the attention, give yourself a nickname. But then you got to back it up, and you can't just back it up once every three games, okay? And I know no one will believe me or understand or think, but you know that's Adrian Peterson's career. Adrian Peterson will have a good game at one every three games, and now he, you know, everybody considers him a Hall of Famer. And I listen by the standards. I guess I'm wrong. But as watching the damn game, Adrian Peterson, once out of three, every other three games, he'll rip one off for 250 yards and four touchdowns, and it's got the God's gift of running backs. So, you know, you, you do that, you know, four times a year. You do that four times a year and you become a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I want to see more consistency. I'd rather see less yards and more consistency. And then, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, Going from year to year, you see the consistency, but you're going from game to game. Nah, I don't see it, but it is what it is. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Sonny, and that I would have to look it up when I get back home. I'm getting ready to go get the high and tight, as you like to call it. Um, the high and tight. I want to say I want to say Adrian Peterson is actually top three, maybe five all time in average yards per game. May, it may not look like it's there, um, but when you talk about just overall averages as far as rushing yards per game, I think I think Adrian's he's high, he's up there. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's got Barry Sanders beat. I don't think he has. Uh, Couldn't carry uh, their jock. No, 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 no. And talk about a brought it every Sunday. Barry Sanders brought it every Sunday. Walter Payton brought it every Sunday, but yeah, uh, Jim Brown brought it every Sunday. You know, those, those are yep. the guys that 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 are the standard, in my opinion. But but you know, Adrian Adrian Peterson is not far behind. Notice I didn't mention Emmett Smith for for all you Dallas listeners out there. I'm sorry, Emmett Smith is one of the most overrated running backs in the history of the game. Look, I agree, Sonny. You're gonna. You're gonna get you're gonna get emails. Fire Cuervo. Fire the Cuervo. That's fine. We can debate it all. They'd have fun. to fire me too because I agree. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you who the real Hall of Famers are: Nate Newton, Larry Allen. Okay. Yep. 
the Dallas offensive linemen. Every all five of them should be Hall of Famers, and they and and Emmett Smith needs to get on his knees, kiss every one of their asses, and say thank you for the career that he had. And and Marcus Allen as well. Yeah, Marcus Allen. <laughs> well, I don't think he ever played for Dallas, but um, I know. With the with the Chiefs and the Raiders, he had some good offensive lines behind him too. But hmm. anyway, yes. So I think I think Peterson, like I said, Sonny, when you talk about just consistency, I want to say he's top five all time in average rushing yards per game. Hmm. I could have swore that Marcus Allen. No, you know who I'm thinking. I, I, I no, no. Marcus Allen, I could have swore he was a no. He no, I guess it was Kansas City. Who am I thinking of that was on another team and came to the Cowboys? Oh, hold on, Minnesota Vikings running back. Herschel Walker. Not not. That's what. That's who I'm thinking of. Herschel Walker. Yes. That's who I'm thinking of. So I'll take that back. So Herschel Walker is definitely a benefit of the Dallas Cowboy offensive line. Yeah, yeah, he he is. Um, but I'm yeah, I mean he didn't play for Dallas for very long. I don't think. Yeah, it was at the end of his career. You know, so yeah. You know. Yeah, but well, actually, it wasn't he part of? No, I thought he was a Cowboy. Herschel Walker is not in the Hall of Fame, Cuervo. He shouldn't be. I agree. Well, that, that I agree. But that name, you know, you, you kind of think about that name. You know, wow, that's interesting. I, I guess I, I'll say this. I guess I'm shocked he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. I know he's in the College Hall of Fame because I, I remember watching that, um, what do you call it, that, that speech that he gave for that. So I know he's in the College Hall of Fame. Uh, but, no, he's not. He is, here it is. He is not. He became first eligible in 2002. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, hmm. once he got traded away from Dallas and went to Minnesota, and his career went down from there. It was a downward spiral. Yep. Um, which, to me, I'm going to tell you, as much as of a Cowboys uh, – well, I shouldn't say I'm a Cowboy hater, but it's just not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. That was one of the greatest trades of all time. Absolutely. That they pulled off. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you think about everything that they got in return from that trade. I mean, the Cowboys, look, the three Super Bowls that they live off of, Cowboy fans from the 90s, yes. never would have happened yes. if it wasn't yes. that trade. Let's just put it that way. Never would have happened. I agree. I agree. And the, and the whole thing as far as – you know, there's been some moves, you know, whether it is football, whether it's, you know, baseball, you know, some great moves as far as, you know, teams doing what they do. But I will tell you right now, and, and I think, it, you know, you and I'm, and I'm going by memory, and that's not always a good thing, but I think, you know, the, the whole thing when – when this whole thing happened with Tony Dorsett 
had to share the backfield with Tony Dorsett. This guy wasn't very happy about that at all. I remember that. Um, but in reality, you you think about you think about guys, you know, you know, in the backfield. You, you expect, you know, teams back at least back in those days to share the backfield, and that's something. But when when he was traded Minnesota, they got five total players in that trade. So, and I just found it here. It is they got C. Solomon, Isaac Holt, Darian Nelson, David Howard, and Alex uh, Alex uh, Stewart. But that wasn't. what was so great about it. It was the six future draft picks and the five players um, that they obviously got there, but it was the draft picks, which led to Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, and Daryl Woodson. You know, and I'll tell you right now, those are names that are etched in Dallas Cowboy history, and it will never go away. Yeah, Russell Maryland, that's one that I forgot. I remember yep. Darren Woodson, of course, who works for ESPN. Yep. Yeah, wow. Kevin that's Smith was tr- really good, but obviously the big one was the Emmett Smith deal. So, um, yeah. you know. What a trade. It was. That was, what that, a trade. That was probably the best trade ever. Uh, now, are, now, are you at the place where you're getting the high and tight now? I am standing outside waiting for them to open, Sonny. They open in about <laughs> seven minutes. Wow. Wow, that uh, that's that's the guy that comes prepared. So I mean, he's getting the high tide. And how long does the high tide take? It takes about twenty minutes, right? Uh no, like ten or fifteen. Doesn't take that long. Okay. So you, you know that that's what it is. Now, before you go in for the high tide in the seven minutes, you know, you know, anxiously waiting outside the window, you know, going open, open, open. Is there anything you want to talk about before you go in? And, and get the high and tight. Well, well, I mean, obviously March Madness has started. Um, I don't know okay. how much you've watched of it, but what's your thoughts? How, on how's the, your How's your brackets looking? Uh, it's perfect because I didn't do one, so, oh, <laughs> so see, I'm, now I, I haven't missed any picks. And listen, I, I do one that, and I name it every single year. I call it that. I don't have a clue bracket, and I don't. Yeah. I don't have a clue, but I'm actually doing Sonny's pretty well. Sonny's clueless actually. bracket. I remember. Yeah. Sonny's clueless bracket. Yeah. Every yep. I, I, know. I don't have a clue. Yeah, I picked Michigan State to win the win the championship. So you know, and everybody says it's Duke. So you know, you know, oh, obviously God. I don't have a clue. So yeah, I know that that's something. Yeah, Duke. Duke is supposed to walk by. Listen, every time Duke was supposed to win it, they never won it. So that is the reason why I didn't have pick people, them. Have people not learned when you when teams have a big superstar like Duke does with Zion Williamson, it never works out. It's always a team that has not just if they don't have one superstar, but they have two or three really really good players. Like a team yeah. like a Florida, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, watch out for Florida State, honey. Florida State's a solid basketball team. That's a team well, they that play I Auburn, don't they? This tournament. they it, it, don't they play Auburn? They play Tarvin's team. Is it today? No. The, so Auburn actually beat Kansas last night. They knocked Kansas yes. out of the tournament. Florida State beat Which, Murray State, who has who has a phenomenal guy in uh, Ja 
what's his name? Ja. Uh, he's going to be Martin. the number two Martin. guy. Yeah, he's going to be the number two guy in the draft. Yeah, so they knocked him out of the tournament. Um, but here's the thing. Florida State didn't do it because they have one superstar. They do it because they have their their whole starting five is just solid. And those are the teams you've got to watch out for. Good Guys with good guard play, uh, teams with good guard play, those are the ones that always wind up going far in the tournament. So I think Florida State's a team to watch out for. Interestingly enough, and I, I again, don't have a clue. I mean, I, I, I got a couple of emails saying, Sonny, you picked Michigan State. Yeah, I picked them. And by the way, and we'll talk about Izzo and the other stuff on the other side. You already know how I feel about that thing, but we'll talk about it when we come back after yep. Cuervo gets the high and tight, which is going to happen in five minutes. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the first game is actually uh, for Major League Baseball. Ichiro uh, retires. That's something that we'll probably throw around for a little bit um, and, and talk about that when when Cuervo comes back uh, from that. So some some things that you can think about while you're getting the high and type. Hopefully the buzzing won't buzz your brain to where you can't think about it. So um, <laughs> I'll be good. You, you, you get a haircut every week. So how much actually comes off? A half inch? Uh, well, I mean, I, I pretty much, uh, down to the skin, like on the sides and the back and then uh, as, as it fades it. up. So, I mean, whenever I feel the need to trim the top, I'll trim the top, but, uh, normally it's just, you know, skinning the, <laughs> the sides and, and the back, which is about an eighth inch of hair or so. Yeah. So now we know why we call it the high inside. There it is. I mean, it, 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 you actually defined it. Thank you very much. See, I was right. So the high and tight happening for Cuervo, he's going to be down for 20 minutes. We're going to obviously go into commercial and get that part set and talk about it. We're going to talk about more NFL news because there's a lot of things in the NFL that we'll be talking about. Looking forward to that. We'll bring Cuervo back in. I will kind of talk about it a little bit, and then I'll get Cuervo's uh, reaction on the other side on what he is not here for, and we'll do that. So we're going to kick it. It is the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is, that being said, our 10th season, sixth episode as we move on forward. Again, more episodes coming because we got the um, high school football heading that way, so you got the pregame show standing by itself. You have the game, and then Cuervo, uh, the NFL draft's coming up. We are doing an NFL draft show on Thursday night, I assume, right? And I think I just lost him because he had to hang up because it's ready for the high and tight. So, that having been said, of course, we'll be doing that. We'll talk about that. The NFL show, everything that's going on here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, week after week, we are, are going to continue to do it. Uh, next Sunday, I will be on the road, but we will have the show. Uh, we will be having it uh, at yeah, – I'll be in Arizona visiting my brothers. My uh, other brother from Springfield is going to go down to Arizona, so it's going to be a good time. We'll be doing that show next Sunday, uh, coming to you from Arizona. So we'll take that quick break here on the Couch from Status Sports Show. It is, that being said, in our 10th season. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? 
How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62 because these decisions are so important. My firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Welcome back into the second hour of the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Yeah, I, I will tell you. Really busy this weekend. And, and after the show, I'm headed to a preseason game for the Texas Revolution and our league of champions indoor football. And, uh, Last night, we had wrestling, but what was really kind of cool is I brought my Roku to the bar where we were doing it, and I was watching Champions Indoor Football at the same time, and, and you know, and then things happened. But, I, I mean, it, it was hard to call action and watch the game. Call action, call the game. It was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, but that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. On Sunday morning, you can check it out every Sunday. And I will tell you right now, I'm excited. There's there's a lot of reasons why I am excited. Guys that have made their run, and, and Antonio Brown is one that I love to talk about, is because I, I, this guy believes his own hype. And there, there's one thing to be cocky, you know, and I get it. And you know, you got to be good. And, and I get it. I completely get it. Um, and, and I'm not an idiot to believe that Antonio Brown is not a good football player. I, I won't be that stupid today. Okay? I, I, I've been known to be uh, kind of stupid in the past. But, you know, I can't be that guy that will deny the guy's talent. I won't do that. I, I will say, and we were talking about it a little bit in the past hour, that guys that bring an unnecessary focus on them on the football field makes it hard. Now, that having been said, when you talk about Odell Beckham Jr., this is a guy I'm not a fan of. But. And and I'll just put this out here. I actually get Odell Beckham Jr. I get him. Because we talked about Eli Manning and his obvious, and it's not even, you can't even argue. This guy guy in reality, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, is not a guy that you want quote-unquote, being considered for your football team. And the reason being is because he can't do it anymore. I mean, Eli Manning's value is not there anymore. He's made a boatload of money, more than than 95% of the NFL quarterbacks that ever played the game, to be as mediocre as he has been throughout his, his career. Yeah, I said it. 
I've always said it. But Odell Beckham Jr., we've talked about it on the show before. Listen, that guy did not like Eli Manning at all. And it wasn't even close, by the way. It's because Eli Manning is not the most accurate guy in the world for a guy like Odell Beckham. Now, there's guys that fit to the Eli Manning standards, and I completely get it. And I'm not going to sit here and say Eli Manning's not a good quarterback. That'd be a stupid statement. But I will say that he stinks because he can't hit the guys right. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, some of the best quarterbacks to ever played the game was able to lead his wide receivers. Good, put them in a position that they can put them to where they can make a play. Now, that play is not just the catch, guys. And that's one of the things I've argued with people all day long. Odell Beckham probably would be the best wide receiver in this, in this league. But the problem is, is that he's got an Eli Manning that couldn't hit this guy's stride to save his life. He's always got to make the acrobatic catch. He's always got to catch it from behind. This guy couldn't get a lead on a pass to save his life. That's how good Odell Beckham Jr. is. So the fact that Eli Manning and, and Odell Beckham Jr. together out on the football field and they don't have it, is because of Eli Manning can't hit the guy. And again, I'm not going to say Eli Manning's not a good quarterback because people talking about him Hall of Fame, I guess that's stupidity. I don't think he deserves it, but hey. But I'm going to tell you right now that Eli Manning has been the problem. You go back into my archives. And you can do that. You can listen to the show in archive. And I will tell you right now, as far as the Giants are concerned, they got the best of this trade. Yes, this was a draft day trade. And they got the best of it. But I'm going to tell you right now, Eli Manning is not necessarily the reason why they're Super Bowl. He's two-time Super Bowl champions. But the last time that the Giants had been relevant. Now they'll make the playoffs here and there. They won the Super Bowl the last time they were quote unquote relevant. Guys, it was 2011. Guys, that was eight years ago. Eight. Years. This show, go back into the archives. Go back six years. Because that's when I said, man, Eli Manning is just beginning to show that he's not elite. Six years ago, I brought it up. And now everybody, oh, now he's not. Listen, you can throw the ball all day long, but you can't hit your wide receiver in stride. You can't put your wide receiver, tight end, whoever, running back, in a position to make plays. And it can't just be make the plays by catching it. You've got to let the wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, make the move to get more yards. And 
You as a quarterback have got to lead them. And one of the best guys to ever do it was his brother. He needs to study his brother a little bit more on how you lead a wide receiver. Now, granted, there are going to be times when an Eli Manning cannot lead his wide receiver because if he leads him too much, the pass could be intercepted. But listen, a quarterback has got to be able to make that pass. He's got to be able to make it to where an Odell Beckham Jr. can do what he does best. And I'm going to tell you right now, he makes some spectacular catches, but the guy doesn't get the opportunity to get the yakety yak, yak, yak. And that's one of the things we talk about. If you're going to go ahead and talk about how good a football player is, especially at the wide receiver position, it can't just be all about the catch. I'm sorry, it can't. Because that's not what makes you a good wide receiver. Of the matter is the reason why you become a good don't hold that it's the yak of the yak the simple fact of the matter is you can make the catches all day long is that going to make you hold I don't famous? think so Jim no so when I talk about Eli Manning and I, you know about him can we talk I've been talking about it for six years thanks Joan Six years on this show, I've been talking about Eli Manning, and the first year, I was actually nice. Second year is, if you can't see this, you're blind. And then it's been all-out assault for the last four years. This guy has been a liability. But the New York Giants have fallen into the position of, who else are we going to get? The fact they did – and listen – I'm going to say this too. Overrated is Barkley. Listen, if 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 Barkley has a good next two years in him, I will I will say it's not a bust. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bust. I'm just saying he's no better than any other running back in the league. I'm sorry, he's not. And year number two and three will show it, and I'll be right. You know, I'm going to be right. This football team should have went after a quarterback. And at the t- listen, look at all those quarterbacks that went in the draft, and not only that, they had the opportunity to get one. So yes, the move to get Barkley was the was the biggest mistake that the New York Giants could have done in their franchise history because of the love that they got for a dying breed quarterback that didn't do squat. But they wanted to see if the old Dan Beckham thing could keep going. But Odell Beckham didn't want any part of it because he's not accurate enough for that type of player. I want to see more. So the simple fact of the matter is, six years I've been blasting Eli Manning. I started off nice in the first year. I and listen, Giants have been relevant since they won the Super Bowl. And I mean relevant. I mean, you want to talk about fall off in 2012. All right? They'll make the playoffs here every once in a while. But Eli Manning and the Odell Beckham Jr. thing was never going to work because of the type of quarterback that Eli Manning is. Period. So when we talk about where teams are, and, where, and so – the Giants last year, 
I mean, it's been proven. Look at the Bell situation. Bell, running backs are, you know, maybe not rightfully so, but they're overrated. Because they're a dime a dozen. Because this game is not about the running game anymore, and it should be. The Giants made a mistake by getting Barkley instead of getting a quarterback. I'm sorry, they did. Because Barkley, I can't wait. I, I just can't wait for this guy to fall on his face. Not because I dislike the young man. I don't. I dislike the pick. And the Giants have taken their franchise and set it back five years because there isn't anybody worth a squat coming out in the draft right now at the quarterback position, and they're going to take some loser, and this loser is going to be having all the weight on his shoulders to try to be Eli Manning, and he sucks. At least last year he had the opportunity to get a quarterback that maybe be able to reach a Eli Manning standard. This year there isn't anybody in the draft that you can go. You want Kyler Murray? Go ahead, grab him up. And see how bad he is, especially in the NFC East where you got quarterbacks that know the game. Then the Giants are in so much trouble for the next five years, they're going to be irrelevant. And it's going to be before you know it, 10 years after their last Super Bowl, and they're going to be as garbage as the Cleveland Browns were not more than three, four, uh, two to three, four, five years ago. And Cuervo, I, I don't know, I just saw that you came out. I'm not sure how long you've been on, but this whole giant situation by not getting a quarterback last year, getting Barkley, was probably one of the biggest misses that I can think of. And I'm not saying Barkley's not a good player, but I'm just saying for the Giants organization, they really completely whiffed on the value of the position, and they're not going to get anybody worth a nickel in this year's draft. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Well, I'm trying to answer your first question. I've been on for about three minutes now. Uh, the first thing I heard was Eli Manning sucks. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Sonny's on another Eli Manning rant. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 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 I think can always, that's uh, – I can always fill minutes on the Eli Manning sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, I can almost make a uh, like a remix-type song with, with uh, you saying Eli Manning sucks because that's how, much, that's how much you have expressed that. But, you know, my thing is I'm, I'm trying to think of who got drafted last year and outside of the quarterbacks being Baker Mayfield – Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, those four. Um, yeah. Who, who stood all out? four of them who were available the... for them at that time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mayfield was no, the No, no, the, Brown, the Browns took Mayfield. The Browns took Mayfield. Yeah. But everybody else, yeah, everybody else was available. You're absolutely right. Um, but, my, I mean, I guess my question is, who stood out from last year's draft? that would have been a better option for the Giants. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, of defending them. the Giants on this one. I'm Any kind of, of defending them, the Giants on this one. Where are you going to go as a franchise for the next five years? It's not Eli Manning. 
and listen, Barkley, listen, Barkley had a good season. I, I, listen, I'm not going to call him a bust, but I think he's completely and utterly overrated. They didn't have anybody else to pick for rookie of the year. Sorry, they didn't. They couldn't give it to Baker, even though he had a good year. So they, but they couldn't give it. So he was just the guy that won it more so than earning it. But I will tell you right now, Cuervo, when you are a football team such as the Giants, you have got. And I mean, you have got to grab up the quarterback. You've got to get Sam Darnold, okay? You've got to get Josh Allen. You've got to get Josh Rosen. These are the guys that were coming out because of not for the next year, but for your franchise's future. Now they're going to go into this year, Cuervo, with even less quality at a quarterback position. And they are stuck and that young man who's going to take over for Eli Manning will never be able to 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 live up to it. Well, I mean, that's that that is yet to be seen because we don't know what the Giants' plans are for next year or for well for next month uh, in the draft. Um, but what I do know is they have two first round picks now, you know, due to the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, which is good. They got to make sure that they nail these picks. You know, I mean, it's easier said than done. Um, but the, the Giants got to have a plan. And I think that's the problem with the Giants right now, Sonny, is, is, you know, the fan base, the organization. A lot of people don't know what the plan is. Like, everyone's scratching their head looking at this new GM, uh, Gettleman or Edelman, whatever his name is. Like, dude, what are you doing? Well, what? You just, you just traded away Odell Beckham Jr., you let Landon Collins walk, free agent. You let you traded Oliver Vernon away. Okay, that's three of your you know pieces of of the of the foundation that the Giants had in Beckham Collins and Vernon, pass rusher, playmaking receiver, and you know playmaking safety. Like those those are all vital things that that football teams, you know, need or, or should have in order to try and, and win a championship. And you got rid of all three of them. So what is the plan? You know, nobody really knows at this time. And for his sake, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, he's not saying anything, you know, because a lot of times people like to show the hand that they're playing, and then that's when you get burned. Because people know what you're doing, and they're going to find a way to mess it up for you. So this GM is staying quiet. He's not saying anything. He's just going to go with what he feels is best. And you know what? Maybe maybe two months from now, Sonny, we're, we're having a totally different conversation about the New York Giants and the direction that they're going. How I mean, can you? I mean, I, I, let me interject here. How can you when you got – the only the only guys that people are really talking about is Dwayne Haskins. I don't believe him. He's out of Ohio State. Kyler Murray. You and I both have already said what's going to happen. Um, Daniel Jones, Drew out of Duke, Drew Locke out of Missouri, Will Greer out of West West Virginia, and Jared Stenham out of out of Auburn. Now these are the guys that might be considered the top five six guys that I mentioned within this draft. And none of them are anything that you can sit there and put on the shoulders as a franchise-type quarterback. And I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't see it coming from Kyler Murray. I don't see it from Dwayne Haskins just because he's from Ohio State. We already know the success of those quarterbacks. 
But any of the other names, Jones, Locke, Rare, Santa, these guys are not franchise, you know, changing, you know, quarterbacks for your football team. They're just not. They're not Andrew Luck. I mean, and that's what the Giants need because of the storied franchise that they are. They need that kind of guy. And you want to go ahead and put Eli Manning up on a pedestal of being one of the best ever in Giants history? Go ahead and do so. And I guess I won't necessarily argue with that. But you got to have the next guy that can carry the torch. And none of those six that I made mention of, Cuervo, I don't think they're capable of carrying a storied franchise. And not only that, Cuervo, and what we, you know, we're talking about a division of football that usually 10 and 6 makes it wins the division or at least makes the playoffs and we don't know what we're going to get and I don't know I don't know how you can ask Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Drew Lock, any of those guys get me 10 games so I can get into the playoffs. I don't think that I don't think it's there. Of course they're going to they're going to rely on Eli one more year. But after that, man Cuervo Giants are in a lot of trouble as far as the franchise is concerned at the most important position on the field. They are, Sonny, and, you know, it's really a, it's, it's a risk that the, the Giants might be taking because I think if they're going to take a quarterback, it's going to be Haskins. I, I, I think there's no question about it. Um, the only thing is, you know, Giants aren't the only team that need a quarterback. There's There's about seven or eight teams right now that I think, are still yet to determine who their starting quarterback is. And I keep I keep thinking about the Miami. I think Miami is going to be a team to watch out for, trying to move up and grab one of these quarterbacks. Um, so they're definitely in play. I'm not totally sold that the Arizona Cardinals believe that Josh Rosen is their guy, even though they just drafted yeah. him last year. I, I know. Something, I, keep, I keep hearing that the, the Cardinals – as a franchise, are just not completely sold on Josh Rosen. On top of that, I've also read other things that say the new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, feels that uh, Colin Murray is the quarterback that fits more of his style of offense that he wants to run, and that Murray's a better fit. So that's another, you know, wrench in, in the whole quarterback situation with that with the Arizona Cardinals. So, Sonny, at this point, there's no telling. There really isn't. Well, you. I, with you saying that, with you saying that, if the New York Giants are not burning the, the phone lines to the Arizona Cardinals, if that's actually a true story, that would be yet another failure for the GM for the Giants because I'm, none of these guys are good enough. I would, I would, I would take Josh Rosen right now over any of those. Which, by the way, first of all, he's got NFL experience, even though he got to beat the hell out of it. He didn't look completely and utterly horrible. And not only that, he fixed the mold of that quarterback in New York. That is that a traditional pocket passer type of quarterback. I would be burning up the telephone lines to grab up Josh Rosen. Because if I look at this year's quarterback coming out, Going, oh my God! Give me at least the guy that's got some kind of experience, so he knows what's coming his way. Oh, absolutely, Sonny. And you know, look, I, I don't know how, why teams continue to fall in love with these mobile type of quarterbacks, like a Lamar Jackson and Tyler Murray, and, and 
you know, these, these little dudes that scamper around and, and, you know, make plays here every now and then. Have you not went back and looked at the Super Bowl history and who's won Super Bowls? How many times have we seen that? Russell Wilson is the last one that has really done it. And I'm telling you, it wasn't because of Russell Wilson that they won that Super Bowl. Okay? If it wasn't for yeah, I know you're you're gonna puke a little in your mouth when I say this, Sonny. The Legion of, the, of Bungholes. Well, I wasn't gonna say the Legion of Bungholes, but that was that was the the persona that they carried. But no, in, in reality, overall, they they are one of the best defenses that we have seen in the past ten years. I agree. I agree. That that Seahawks defense was amazing. Okay. That's why they won the Super Bowl. It had nothing to do with Russell Wilson. You go back and you look at Russell Wilson's numbers that year, mediocre at best. At best. Very, very, very average season for Russell Wilson. What did it for the Seahawks that year, though, were things like turnover margin, points per game that they gave up. Okay? They won a lot of low-scoring games, and that's why they were able to crown Super Bowl champions. Hell, the Super Bowl started off with a safety because Jake Manning, uh, you know, the center didn't hear the snap or didn't hear the, the cadence and he snapped the ball too early. So yep. Seattle right off the bat had a two to nothing lead. So had nothing to do with Russell Wilson. He was standing watching on the sidelines. So I wouldn't even count that one, but you go back and you look at who's won the Super Bowl, You're going to see a lot of Tom Brady. You're going to see some Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to see Peyton Manning. Hell, you're going to see Joe Flacco in there, Sonny. What do they all yeah. have in common? They are traditional pocket passers. quarterbacks. All of them. But, Cuervo, now that I'm thinking about this, of course, that's that's the genius of, of my co-host. I think I'm going to change my opinion. The Cardinals need to go ahead and, tra- and trade him. And there's a reason why. And, and there's only one place that Josh Rosen should land, and that is New York. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because when you look at the landscape of what the Giants are compared to the Arizona Cardinals, what's the tradition of the Cardinals? There's none. What is the tradition of the Giants? Atypical pocket passer. And the Cardinals don't have anything. The only thing they got to rely on is the fact that they got to the Super Bowl and unfortunately lost it in the final minutes against the Steelers. That's the only thing that they got going, not in the, not just within the last few years, but in their history. So if you're going to have a team in the NFL to maybe change the landscape of what they do on a regular basis, the Arizona Cardinals have nothing to lose in reality, Cuervo. You can't bring a quarterback that is that running style to the New York Giants because that is not the landscape of what the New York Giants are. And Josh Rosen of a New York Giants quarterback more so than obviously a runner, but it just depends on what landscape that's coming that way. And you talked about it. Ted coach is not that kind of coach. He is a guy that utilizes those kind of players. So, Maybe the move and then to get the Kyler Murray that they want 
maybe that was it's the only thinking that I can think. But there's really only one team that would should or would go ahead and make that trade for because now you have to ask yourself the question after year number one, is he worth that first round draft pick to get him or can they just get the trade straight up, Cuervo? And if you're the Giants, do you give up your number six pick to get the number one and then a couple of other alternate picks to get Josh Rosen? That would be the question they'd have to ask unless they can figure out just a straight up, I mean, in reality, Cuervo, Arizona Cardinals have nothing to lose now. So it has to be a trade because they have their pick of whoever they want. And if the word is Kyler Murray, then the Arizona Cardinals are sitting with Josh Rosen and the Giants need to get that guy. Honestly, Sonny, you know, <clears throat> I, 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 I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I think what the Cardinals should do, because thing, you said it, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big believer in any of these quarterbacks. It's not like last year where you knew, you know, you had some questions about Darnold, but you knew he was going to be a solid guy over his, you know, potential. eventually he was going to get it. And he had the potential, exactly. I thought Rosen was the best quarterback just because of his intelligence. Um, I think he was smarter than, than the, the rest of the class. Um, and I'm not saying that because he scored the highest on the Wonderlick test. That Wonderlick test is a joke. I don't care about that. I just, Hell, I've scored good on this. I, I scored good on the Wonderlicked test, so that tells you how irrelevant it really is. Uh, you're you're a smart man, Sonny. You are a very smart man. Don't 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 <laughs> suck so short. All right. You know you, you you're a good actor too. By the way. I I saw the clip of uh, you know the the wrestling uh, where the guy came up to you and you, you called yeah. him sir and it was yeah. acting. I liked it. It was some good acting. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of. The late, the late great Mean Gene Oakland. That's what it kind of reminded me of. I was like, okay, but uh, you know, got mad skills. Look, what what sold what sold me? <laughs> you do have mad skills. What sold me on Rosen though was if you remember last year, well, when he was still at UCLA two years ago, I guess you can call it now. That game yeah. against Texas A&M. I think it was the first game of the season. Uh, I know exactly they what were you're talking about. Yep. They were getting demolished. Honey. Yeah, they were. UCLA was. And I'm going to tell you, it's that kid, he he teamed yep. together said, you know what? Yep. We're not going down like this. Not at home. And, man, did they come back. They stormed back, and they they stole that game from Texas A&M, which, which, began, which began the end. It, it was the beginning of the end for Kevin Sumlin as the head coach down there. That is and, correct. Uh, that that game sold me. I said, you know, Rosen's going to be something. He's going to be something good in the NFL. And yeah, of course, it didn't work out in Arizona. I mean, my God, you have Larry Fitzgerald, and then you have nothing else. So, I mean, what do what would you really expect from Josh Rosen in Arizona? Now, the I Cardinals' say fault. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, it is because they're not doing anything to protect their asset, and that was drafting Josh Rosen. Now. I will say this. I think I agree with you, and I think Rosen can be better utilized in a different place than Arizona. New York, possibly, because you need, you need a good, strong arm pocket passer in a place like New York where, you know, when, when it comes time, November, December football, you need a guy that can zip that ball through that bad weather that you get up in New York. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, Kyler Murray's not the answer. He, he ain't doing it. Dwayne Haskins might be able to do it. But Rosen, I think he's got it. I think he can do it. So a trade to the Giants, you know, not, it's not out of the question, really. So I think I think there could be something there. Uh, but uh, but I think I think Arizona, honestly, Sonny, I think they should trade that number one pick because what you need to do in Arizona is you really need to build and 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 it's not going to be just one guy that you need. Yes, the quarterback is the most important position, but if you can find a way and find a trade partner and get yourself three picks in return for that number one overall pick. That's that's how you do it. Look at the Rams. Look at what the Rams did. Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. They 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 <laughs> they finagled. That might be the second the best trade in the NFL history, right there. <laughs> yeah, and that was the beginning of, of what you're seeing now with the RG3 trade, and that was six years ago. And look where they are now. They they just played in a Super Bowl. Yeah, it took some time, but this is but this is the the the, the finished result. You're you're playing in a damn Super Bowl, so, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to take some time, but I think that's the best thing for the Arizona Cardinals. Son, you find a trade partner for that number one overall pick, and you build from there, and, and that that's when the GM really earns his paycheck. When you can when you can make something like that happen, and you build your roster, um, that's. That's what I think the Arizona Cardinals should do, and I've been saying that because to me, yeah. maybe, maybe Nick Bosa, maybe be the one guy that I think the Arizona Cardinals should take if they're going to keep that number one overall pick. Because you always need a pass rusher. I mean, you think about the the quarterbacks that you're going up against in in that division alone. You got Russell Wilson, you got Jimmy G, and you got Jared Goff. Okay, yeah, three, three very talented guys. Okay, your job is to put them on their ass. And right now the Arizona Cardinals don't have anybody that can put any of those quarterbacks on their ass right now. Nick Bosa might be the guy. So if they're going to keep it, that's what they need to do. If they don't want Nick Bosa, they don't. if they're not sold on him, then they need to trade that to the whole I think I'm with you. And you know, think about it just really quick. With the leaks that have happened that Arizona's trying to get rid of Josh Rosen, there's some truth to it. And the only reason why I say is too many people are talking about it, Cuervo. Now, should they? I guess that's going to always be the question. Should you go ahead and get rid of Josh Rosen? And, And that will be a question that can only answer whether it was good or bad within the next five years, if it happens. Because, you you know, regardless where he's going to go, it's not going to be overnight either. It's going to be year two, year three, year four away from the Cardinals on whether or not that's going to be the right thing. And then if Kyler Murray is that type of quarterback that does fit the new offense, we'll see how that part goes. But I will tell you, with the leaks and everything, you do have to ask yourself the question. Because we're in a different day and age where they actually care about people's feelings as far as players are concerned. I mean, I've never seen anything. It's crazy. But where is, where is Josh Rosen's, you know, mentality right now? I'd be in, in Arizona with all the talk that's going to the side. 
and you can sit there and say, no, that's not true. That's not what's being talked about. You can't say that because it is. It's too much talk going on about it for it not to be somewhat true. If that is the case, how do you think that Josh Rosen feels about that moving forward? And, you know, and if the Giants don't go that route, Cuervo, you know, and, and I don't know a lot. So this is me taking a wing on it because I've watched a little bit of those six that I were talking about, whether it's Haskin, Murray, uh, Jones, Greer, Shedham. I think the, the team, if the Giants are smart, I think the guy that they need to grab up in reality is Drew Locke, 6'4", 223 out of Missouri because he fits that mold of what that Giants quarterback's all about. Yeah, you're probably right, Sonny, but I, I don't see Drew Locke getting kicked that high. I, I his, his problem is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think he's gone through some injuries, Drew Locke has, and yeah, I think that's what teams are afraid of with drafting a guy like him. You know? But, I mean, they said the same thing about Sam Darnold. Uh, well, no, not Sam Darnold, I'm sorry. Who am I thinking of? USC. Oh, Matt Barkley. So, yeah, we were right Barkley. on that one. We were definitely right on that one. That yep. one definitely didn't work out. With that bad shoulder injury, never worked out for him. But I think, honestly, uh, what I would say is, you know who I like is Will Greer. Will Greer from West Virginia is the guy that I like and because – I think he's a guy that can make all the throws that you need, and just he's just a good talent. Uh, but I, I don't know if he's just undersized or what, what people don't like about him. But to me, I think he's he's going to be – if he goes to the right place, honey, I think he could be successful. I I I've... – I think I like that, but you know, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I probably just have too much of a love affair for the Missouri quarterbacks. I don't even know why. They haven't all that been all that great in the past anyway. But I don't know what it is about Drew Locke. I, there's something about him, and it might be the Lane intelligence Gabbard. portion we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the hopes of what a Missouri quarterback could be. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting drafted by the Jaguars, right? That was supposed to be your saving yeah. grace. Blaine Gabbert. God, you you thought you thought so, you know. After all that, but what a, what a day! A great conversation, and obviously, you know, the good thing about the draft is, first of all, you'll never know what ends up happening. So that's number one. Um, and then the the second thing about the draft. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, you 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 begged off to get your haircut. I'm sure we're going to be on air Thursday night, day number one of the draft, I'm assuming, then we'll recap it on Sunday, right? Isn't that kind of what the plan is that we got going on here? Oh, for the draft? Yeah. Look, Sonny, (laughs) call me crazy. I I have requested most of that week off just so I can do some homework preparation for the draft. Um so I'll, I'll have those days that week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, off, and probably Friday too. But um, the point is, I'll be available. I'll be available all day those days. So if we want to do any 
shows Absolutely. leading up to? We're going to be on there. No, round one. I'm going to be on there. Yeah. I, I've, I, I don't know what day it is, but I'm going to take that day off. Uh, so we can do that show. So, hell, who knows? We might even do it in the early afternoon. Or, or no, or, no, no. We actually got to set it up where we'll be on an hour before the draft, and then we'll we'll follow with the final two hours after that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Maybe, maybe I, a half I'll, hour before the show uh, draft. I'll tell you, it is April twenty fifth. Is the day of the draft. Got it. So we'll do that. We'll do a half hour before the draft starts. We'll we'll preview the draft, and then we can just follow mm-hmm. through and go through. Hopefully, we can get Tarvin John, you know, Tarvin from Wayne Sports Talk to do a little bit. Jonathan, because that th- th- that guy knows the stuff too. Hopefully, we can get them in. But the draft order: Arizona Cardinals with the number one pick, San Francisco at number two, the Jets at number three, Oakland Raiders at number four, the Bucks at five, Giants. Six, Jaguars seven, uh, Lions eight, and nine Buffalo, and number ten the Broncos. But I'll tell you, I was thinking about this. You know, as far as thinking about the draft and everything, the Jaguars, the Jaguars are in really good shape within the draft. Cuervo, the number seven pick after coming off an AFC championship, and you can now have a bad year and get that number seven pick. Actually, it was almost. It could maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I don't know, but there are a lot of options for the Jacksonville Jaguars at number seven. There is, Sonny, and one of them they don't have to worry about. That's that's quarterback because they did exactly what they should have done. Yep, they went out and they signed they signed Nick Foles, and now they don't have to stress about well, which quarterback do we think is best? So Jacksonville did it right. They got it right, and. They went out and got them, the, the, in my opinion, one of the best free agent quarterbacks on the market, or was on the market. And now they're like, okay, we can shift our focus in other directions. We can look Absolutely. at whether maybe we need another pass rusher. You know, maybe we need to go offensive line, uh, which which wouldn't be the worst idea because, look, <laughs> Leonard Fournette couldn't stay healthy. Why couldn't he stay healthy? Because he's getting beat up. The offensive line wasn't doing their job. So, with that being said, and I know you love you love the idea, Sonny. But yeah, I think I think the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe should look at offensive line. And, Absolutely. And so that way, they, that way they can protect their new quarterback. Or maybe wide receiver Cuervo. Yeah, I, you know normally. Yeah, I mean, well, they need that too. You get, yeah, if you're if you're gonna get a Nick Foles, you really should protect him. Which, by the way. You know, we talked about whether it was right or wrong. You look at the position of where it is. You know, they didn't have to give up their number one draft pick to get their number one quarterback. That's huge. So they're still sitting at number seven. So, you know, in order to get the guy to lead the team and everything, they didn't have to give up the give up the draft and the sixth pick. So I, I like that as far as that's concerned for the future. Exactly, exactly, and, and and that was good that, you know, the the Jaguars were patient about it. They didn't go out and, you know, do with the, the Denver Broncos, or did the, wait, did the Broncos trade for Flacco, or did they just sign him? I can't remember. I think they did sign him. They, they didn't trade. They might have got, like, a late draft pick, I think, but I don't think they give up anything, you know, you know, you know, substantial. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't remember now, but um, actually, not that they gave up a lot, but you know, the Washington Redskins probably could have avoided having to make a trade too. You know, trading for Case Keenum, but I mean, all they gave up was a seventh rounder, so it's not the worst thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that teams really didn't get too desperate once free agency began. And that's something that we normally see um, yeah. as far as, like, trying to trade for a guy. You know, I didn't see any crazy trades trying to get a, a quarterback or anything like that. Teams just kind of kept their cool. They were patient. And fourth-round uh, draft pick. It, what's that? Say that again. Flacco, uh, the Denver Broncos gave up a fourth-round draft pick. Um, See, they in order did to trade to... for him. Yes. So, yeah. they, okay. Really, so fourth round in reality, uh, Cuervo, you know, and I don't know. I mean, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, a situation where the um, the Baltimore Ravens, that's the, that's the 113th pick that they got, Cuervo. 113. Really, you know, you're not expecting much in reality in the fourth round. Of course, they always say that. Um, but really, in reality, you don't expect a fourth rounder really to be that much of an impact player, you know, when you're talking the NFL draft. So, interestingly enough, you know, that that's a win for the, for the Broncos in reality because the Broncos are still at number 10 in the first round, so they didn't give up very much in reality to get them. So, yet another team that went ahead and satisfied the need of the most important position out on the football field but didn't lose their draft position. And, heck, you never know what the Broncos' thoughts are. That's the great thing about the draft because you see those trades that happen on draft day that are huge. Uh, but uh, – the, the the whole situation with that, you know, the, the Oakland Raiders, you know, they get that they get that number twenty four pick from the from your Chicago Bears, but man, Chicago made out like a bandit on that deal. So when you look at the number twenty four pick and you got who you got from Oakland, man, oh man, you know, I look at that trade as that was a damn good trade for the Chicago Bears. Well, I mean, they they did wind up getting, you know. Arguably the best defensive player in the game. I know a lot of people disagree with that. That guy over there in L.A. or over here in L.A. is considered yeah. the best, and, and and rightfully so. I mean, look, I I, I am not an Aaron Donald so hater One and two, you you can argue semantics all day long, but they're one and two. They really are. They absolutely are. So, um, you know, I mean, it's it is what it is, but. I still, I still think that you know the Bears did a good job with that trade. As long as Khalil Absolutely. Mack continues to produce the way he did, um, that that's that's all you can ask for. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully things stay the way they were last year. He's healthy. I know he did miss a game or two, but um, I mean, he still produced. Yeah, but you know, for the for, oh, even it, it even with the times that he sat out. 
he's what you call an impact player, without question. And, and John Gruden, oh, yeah. he'll sit there, he'll deny this all day long, but that might be his worst move, at, at, you know, as manage, you know, head coach slash GM, if that's what you want to call him, and everything else, might mm-hmm. be the worst move he ever made. And his reasoning is, we didn't win anything with him the year before. Why, why pay him the money? Well, because if you're going to get better, you got to pay good players, and that you know it was just it was an oversight. It was obviously a situation where those two were not going to get along, and they knew it, and so that's the reason why they let it go. But uh, interestingly enough, here's what you get in the trades. Of course, we talked about Cleveland. Cleveland front uh, are the Giants get the pick from the Cleveland Browns. They move up to number 17 uh, on the pick as well as having it earlier in the number six position. Um, so, And then the uh, Raiders get the Bears, and that's at the number 24 position. The Raiders get a pick from the Chicago, uh, from the Dallas Cowboys from the Amari Cooper situation, uh, yep. moving to number 26. And then the Packers get a 30th pick from the New Orleans Saints, um, for that, uh, for uh, a trade that, that happened there. So, uh, interestingly enough, that that those are the the teams that scored uh, extra uh, picks there in the first round. And then, of course, you got Oakland with three picks here in the first round. Uh, they should be able to build a team. And if the Giants or if the Raiders are going to be good, we'll see that in year two, maybe three. So, uh, the future looks bright for the Raiders. They're going to have to wear shades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to have to wear shades. Um, that's, if that's if they can put it together. I, I don't know. The John Gruden signing is great for a headline band, but I, I, I don't know how well that – I mean, Chucky made a big, big money deal. Uh, but, man, I, I still – after a coach is out of it for that long and then you bring him back, I, I just question whether or not a guy can – especially with him being away from the coaching as long as he was, how does he sell himself to that young player, which is obviously the big story for any football team, the young player going up against an old-school-type quarterback or a head coach. You know, you know, Bill Parcells couldn't coach today. I mean, and he was great. You know, look at, look at all these guys that are old school that have been out like uh, Reeves, uh, you know, some of the other ones. Landry obviously is too old. But, I mean, these old school type of quarter, uh, head coaches, Mike Ditka, and even Ditka says, he came out and said straight out when he was with the Saints, he says, I can't get across to these guys. I mean, they're a different breed of football uh, players than what they used to be when I was coaching over there in Chicago. So, you know, that's obviously the difference on what's going on as far as that's concerned. Yeah, and and that's why trying to bring the old guys back. Look, Bill Bill Cowher knew that he wasn't going to be able to be successful uh, coaching today. And nothing against him. It's not because he can't do the job. It's just simply the fact that, like you said, having to relate to the new, the new school or the new generation of player, it's not the same. They don't, they don't respond to discipline the way players did back in the day, you know, when you Absolutely. had Ditka and, and Parcells and, and guys like that. The more friendlier guys that are older might – and it's a huge might. Got like a Dick Vermeil might be able to coach today. 
because of his personality, good, but but I get your point. Yeah, Vermeil's a little bit just too old, but that type of what you're talking about, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the disciplinary guys, you know, I mean, hell, if Tom Coughlin decided he wanted to come from from the upstairs and Jack Deville come downstairs, I think would totally go in a you know in the southern direction for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it just I don't think it would work out, I, I, not at all. Uh, just because, like like I said, I mean the 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 response to disciplinary type coaching, it, it it's sad, but it doesn't work anymore. I agree. So it's a different day and age on what's going on. So here's what we're going to do, Cuervo. We're going to take our break and then we'll go into our final hour here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And there's right. a lot to cover. We'll we'll do that. Uh, lots of NFL news. We'll talk about the news that has happened this week and things of that sort. We'll do that on the other side. We'll take you into the third hour of the show here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues. We'll be right back. If the button works. There. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your rally at Eagles letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469 
6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, we move into the third hour of the Couch Potato Sports Show. As we have been covering a lot of things, and we haven't hardly even got to today's news because it, one thing about our show is we can take a left turn and we've done it. <laughs> but having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. You can catch our show every Sunday morning uh, during the off season of the NFL. It you know varies depending upon our schedule. Today we kicked it off at nine o'clock, as I got some business to take care of later on this afternoon. But during football season, 9 a.m. to noon, catch the Couch Potato Sports Show, catch high school football here in for my locals right here in the Rowlett, Texas area. Check out our pregame shows that we'll have up. You'll have the uh, separate show from the actual game. It'll be up a day or two before the game for the coverage of the 2019-20 Rowlett Eagle Varsity football season. That's going to be kicking off late August and early September. 
and then, of course, we got our regular shows. Don't miss out on the draft show that we're going to be talking about. We'll be up on air live that day, um, half hour before the draft starts, and we'll take you two and a half hours into the draft, and then we'll recap it on the Sunday uh, on the Couch with Day Sports Show. And that being said, now I'm going to do what I normally don't do is I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to push a button. I'm going to bring in. A guy, I uh, talked to him in the screening room. Doc wants to talk a little bit about that number three pick coming from the Jets. Go ahead, Doc. I was reading a story on CBS Sportsline from Jason Lacanfora, and for the first time in a long time, made he kind of made sense. That's maybe the Jets dump the third pick, potentially with the Redskins, and the Skins acquired Dwayne Haskins at QB. I'm going to have to jump off here. I'll listen to your comments, but um, my general feeling is that anyone that wants to take Kyle Murphy, Murray, whatever his name is, it's going to be irrelevant in five years anyhow. Let them waste that pick on – guys, 207 pounds. He's not going to hold up. And I, I, guys like Haskins got the build and the arm to last in the NFL. So I think it's a wise move for the Skins to do that and the Jets already have their quarterback. So I guess my question to you guys is, what do you think the probabilities of that happening are? And are you as high on Haskins as what uh, some people seem to be? Definitely. Thanks for calling in. I'll put you back up on it. Hey, Cuervo, I think that the, the, the whole thing of what he just said, Doc, thanks for calling in. Keep listening. We appreciate it. It is the weight factor, the 205, and not the not the height along with it. I, I like the I like the 6'4 guys. Cuervo, what do you think about you know the the possibility of the trade out and what he's talking about? What did you think of the synopsis of that? Well, I mean, the first part. I, uh, first of all, I appreciate you calling in and and, and keeping it clean. Um, yes. Yeah. First, first <laughs> thank <thing>, you, Doc. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we've had we've dealt with many situations where it doesn't happen. But anyway, um, uh, I would what I would say is, first of all, I think the Washington Redskins would be crazy enough, a, a team that's crazy enough to actually attempt that type of trade. Okay, we've we've known the Redskins to be overly aggressive in free agency, overly aggressive in the trade market, especially. That's what I'm saying, a free agency, spending money. So would a team like the Redskins jump up to to make some kind of trade like that? Absolutely. And that's probably why he mentioned the Redskins, because of their history. Um, As far as my opinion on Dwayne Haskins and and, and what I think he's going to be in the NFL, honestly, I don't think he's going to be much, because – what show me what Ohio State has done at the quarterback position as far as producing that position. Cardell Jones and, and, comes to mind. If that's your best argument, Sonny, then my that's point, what I'm my saying. point state <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then my point my point stays firm that look, Ohio State guys just don't they don't pan out, man. Like you gotta, you gotta go to, um, you know, other schools to to find quarterbacks that would pan out. And you know, honestly, there there really isn't one college 
that consistently produces good quarterbacks, it's the type of quarterback that you're that you're looking for. Uh, I'm just using Ohio State as an example because of the fact that Haskins went to Ohio State. So um, it just, it, but it just hasn't worked out for Ohio State quarterbacks. So I don't see it being any different for Haskins. What's different about him that Cardell Jones didn't bring to the table or, you know, a a Braxton Miller didn't bring to the table. So uh, there's not really, there's really no difference between all those guys. So that being said, I mean, I, I just think that Haskins is not a guy that you should trade up for. He's one of those guys, if he, if he falls to you and you have an opportunity to trade him where you're at, and you didn't have to trade any uh, equity to, to get him, and you think that you could use him, you know, mid-first round, whatever, okay, take a flyer on him. You know, I mean, if, if you really think that he's going to be that guy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade up to get him, Sonny. I, I, none of these guys are worth trading up to get. Colin Murray, I think people are falling in love with what they saw in Lamar Jackson uh, over this past year, him being able to get the Ravens in the playoffs. And now they think just because he did it, oh, well, then that means you know, every other quarterback behind him is going to be able to do it too. And, and these little mobile guys can, can lead your team to the playoffs. That's not – that's definitely not wait, – wait till you see the Ravens next year. That's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, as far as making a trade, Sonny, nah. Like you said earlier, there's no Andrew Lux in this draft. There's no standout quarterback. Don't, don't waste your assets trying to grab one of these guys. If they fall to you and, and, and you think – He's a guy that you need. Go right ahead and take him. But I wouldn't trade up to get him. Interestingly enough, there is a guy, you know, in in this draft. I mean, in reality, we could sit here and talk all day long. You know, who's the guy that could get the job done? Who who's the guy that that a traditionally. Uh, can set the bar. I mean, and, and those quarterbacks don't go out. I, I just look at it, uh, you know, you know. obviously I like the Michigan or the um, Missouri quarterback, but there's one guy that always seems to still get the talk square, though, is David Cutlip. Now, folks that don't know, I, I know you know who he is, square, but why don't you fill everybody in on who David Cutlip is? You said – David Cutcliffe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So let me tell you a little something about David Cutcliffe, ladies and gentlemen. David Cutcliffe was the offensive coordinator at the one, the only, University of Tennessee, baby, back in the early, <laughs> early 90s when Philip Fulmer was the head coach. And we had some guy at quarterback. Oh, God, what's his name? Oh man, I forget. Uh, something something Manning. Yeah, I don't know. There was some guy that really didn't pan out in the NFL. Well, but actually yeah. you had he both. Was... But the one you're talking about is 
Peyton. The greatest Peyton of all time. <laughs> yeah, so look, you want to talk about a quarterback whisperer, Sonny, and nobody, and nobody really knows his history. Nobody really knows that he's made in college football over the past 20 years. Yeah, he coached both the Manning brothers, um, mm-hmm. had T. Martin, which T. Martin, okay, yeah, he didn't do anything in the NFL. But Tennessee uh, made it to the national championship, won the national championship with T. Martin at quarterback. So Yes. Um, so he won a national championship as an offensive coordinator at Tennessee. Uh, then he moved over, like you said, to Ole Miss. Um, was I think he was the head coach there, or or the OC? Yes. He went over there as the OC, one of the two, and that's when he inherited Eli Manning. Uh, from there, that's when he got the head coaching job at Duke, if I remember correctly, and he had a still is the still is the coach, by the way. And Daniel Jones coming out. By the way, I saw his salary, Cuervo. I saw his salary, $1.7 million. You want to talk about Duquette and having it on the cheap. Oh, my God. Well, yep, he definitely – he's definitely a guy that that knows what he's doing. Daniel Jones coming out of there and and, – I I I didn't want to mention it, but of course you know you got to go where the direction of the show goes. But when you think when you think about college quarterbacks and and you, like you said, the quarterback whisperer that he is, you know that the the fact that Daniel Jones is can be you know kind of considered the number three, number four, depending on where you think Drew Locke is, you know, um, and Murray and Haskins is me personally. I'm going to say it, and I know it sounds stupid, and I know it's not. I think Daniel Jones is the number one quarterback out of this draft right now. He's got the part. He's got the 6'5". He's got the 221. Cuervo, this guy is your A, traditional type of quarterback. If there's anyone that's coming out, and I don't care what anybody wants to think about Dwayne Haskins, okay? Again, you talk about Ohio State quarterback, that's enough. Kyler Murray, the, the, you, want, you want to talk about a guy I'm completely worried about getting demolished at 5'10 and 207. I mean, that guy's going to get demolished all over the place. And so I think every, every quarterback, if you're going to pick him up, but then you get the, ghost, the quarterback uh, ghost whisperer behind him, you know, the quarterback uh, whisperer. And that alone makes me think, that Daniel Jones, in reality, is really the number one pick out of quarterbacks this year. Uh, because as much as I like Drew Locke, because I like – and, again, I guess maybe I just uh, – lovable losers, I don't know. Uh, Michigan uh, – uh, Missouri quarterbacks, I love them. Uh, but in reality, when you look at it, Daniel Jones, in my opinion, has got to be the number one guy that you want because obviously he's got the qualities of what could be an Eli Manning, even though I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. That guy, as much as I hate to say it, he's not the worst quarterback in the world. Um, at any team would want – I hate to say this. Any team would want an Eli Manning type of quarterback, obviously Eli Manning in his prime. And that's the potential you get in Daniel Jones. 
It is sunny, and listen to this. So I'm I'm reading now. Now I'm really digging into Cutcliffe's history. It says right here, as far as quarterback coaching, six quarterbacks whom Cutcliffe coached in college have gone on to play in the NFL. Heath Schuler, which I'm, <laughs> which I forgot wow. about that guy. He was he was before Peyton. Yeah, so Heath Schuler was like, which he he does he does real estate in the Knoxville area now. Heath Schuler does. Um, wow. Peyton and Eli Manning, Eric Ainge. Uh, that name should sound familiar. He is the nephew of Danny Ainge, GM the Boston Celtics. Yes. Um, Thaddeus Lewis. I'm sure some of you got some hardcore NFL yep. fans recognize that name. Uh, I do. And Sean Refrey, Sean Renfrey, who I remember was was one of the standout quarterback talents at Duke uh, recently. Um, yes. Says here, Cutcliffe also coached former Colorado Rockies first baseman. Todd Helton, while Helton played quarterback at Tennessee. Um, oh, that's right. I remember Eli, that. Yeah. Eli Manning's former backup, Seth Smith, is a retired professional baseball player. Okay, so, yep. again, I mean, six guys. Six guys that he has coached have gone on to, to make it in the NFL. All right. Probably not you so know, many I mean, people have that resume. No, I, I don't think so either. And so with that said, I mean – I don't know too much about, about the, the guy at Duke right now, but just you talking about his size alone, Sonny, has me thinking that this guy could wind up being something that could be a steal for a team, you know, third, fourth round. Hey, listen, listen to this. 61% of his past is in 2018. 2,674 yards, 22 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. Now the scouts are saying that Jones has a good skill set, and they feel he's going to get uh, he's getting the best preparation for the NFL that he could possibly get compared to other teams in college, and that that's only because of one reason. That's uh, Cutcliffe. So that so he is just that a step ahead of others that don't have that type of experience, and and how he's not being considered the number one based upon that alone should should be there now. You can talk about you know the all college quarterbacks who come because out it's Duke, have go ahead because it's Duke because it's Duke that's yeah, why exactly and, and not only that I mean every every rookie coming out regardless um, they have points to improve on as they go into the NFL um, and one of the one of the biggest things and this is something that obviously once he gets with the quarterback coach and everything else that happens up on the NFL level. And I'm reading this. It says that he needs to short, shorten his delivery, which will help him be, uh, in reality, an effective and a faster program that will come with him to smaller windows. So he's got to get the ball, uh, you know, get rid of the ball faster in order to complete the passes that he's completing now. And uh, listen, uh, you're going from college to the NFL is a total different monster. And um, if there's anybody that's capable of learning that, I mean, he's already got that step ahead of everybody that's out there. Now, is he going to be the next Eli Manning? I don't know. I mean, look, you know, look at the names that came after him. But he's just that step of ahead that puts him in that positioning that is out there. Um, and they think that the red shirt um, that that he took um, helped him be able to get more in shape to become that a typical type of quarterback. In other words. 
when he walked into Duke as a freshman or wherever he went, if he got transferred, I don't know. But let's say he went in as Duke as a freshman. Uh, he's balked since those years. The red shirt definitely helped him be able to come the guy that he's been there. 2017, only 50%, uh, 56% of his passes uh, compared to 61. 2,439 yards, obviously, compared to last year, 2,600. Only 12 touchdowns. He did 22 and 11 interceptions. So the accuracy going from one year, uh, from his junior year to his senior year, is actually very drastic because as a freshman, even though he completed 63% of his passes, he he passed for uh, 2,800 yards with 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions as a freshman. He it somehow grew a, a height, you know, two inches in height, and that would be from Charvin saying because of probably the steroids uh, is where he grew afterwards. But um, you know, th- this guy could be that atypical pocket passer that you need in the NFL to really be successful and sustain the success over many years. Right, and that's the key. And he's, you know, be able to sustain, like you said, over a certain period of time. And we've seen guys come in and they're flashy for two, three years. And then, you know, just like a bad, you know, bad two liter of soda pop, uh, they fizzle away and, and you never hear from them again. So, um, yeah. you know, that that's longevity is what you want in a quarterback. And, you know, if, if that means drafting the guy that, that is, you know, pocket passer, oh, you know, he's boring or he's, you know, he's not a guy that's flashy and, and you don't think he can make as many plays as, as the guy that can run around all over the place, then I'd rather have longevity than, than uh, excitement for a year or two. I'd rather have the guy that, that is boring but is, is going to get me to the playoffs for the next 10 years than a guy that might get you to the Super Bowl one year and then he does and then his three-year stint is over. If that makes – you kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. So to, I don't know. To me, I, I – but it goes back to what I said earlier, Sonny. I just don't think any of these guys are, are going to be guys that can – unless either – the ones that I think have the best opportunity or the best shot at really – making a name for themselves, in my opinion, is either going to be Locke, if he can stay healthy, Greer, or Jones can do. Those, those three yeah. are, the, are the ones that I would, I would say are your, are your better options. I agree. And and just mainly because it ends up happening the way it always happens. It always gets back to the pocket passers. Again, look at the Super Bowl champions of the year past. You don't see them running around like crazy, and you can't even, like you said, you can't include Russell Wilson in that as a, a Super Bowl quarterback because that game wasn't about Russell Wilson, uh, Wilson being that running scat back quarterback. That having been said, Let's go into some quick hits, Cuervo, because there's a lot of news that has happened this year. We got about 40 minutes left to go, 38 minutes in the show. So let's do some quick hits in the NFL. Let's head on over to the Indianapolis Colts. This, this one here, 
What a move. Because we talked about it, where the Colts' defense definitely improving. They go ahead and they ink $24 million for uh, Justin Houston. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is a big, big-time move for the Indianapolis Colts, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I love this move. I think I think the, I do too. the Colts are, are a great team for Justin Houston. I'm going to tell you, him and Darius Leonard, oh, my goodness. That's scary just to think about. Those two guys together on on the same linebacking core, Indianapolis man, they 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 nailed. Good 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 for them. I mean they they absolutely nailed it, and I think it's a good fit for both Houston and the Indianapolis Colts. And Cuervo, you got to 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 throw it. This move right there makes me believe that they are the headliners in the AFC South. Well, I mean, I'd like to see what Houston does, but I, I think I think it, the, the race has just gotten a lot tighter. I don't know if absolutely it's a winner just yet, because who knows? Jacksonville could turn around, you know, and and really hit the hit the jackpot in the draft with the, with an offensive lineman or or a wide receiver that becomes a standout type of wide receiver. Yep. So um, Jacksonville's got the potential. Uh, I think that, like I said, the, the Houston Texans, I mean, they're the ones that won the division. So, um, you know. They've been quiet that in free agency, Cuervo. They've really been they quiet. Have. As a matter of fact, they've, had, they've, they've been, actually had a couple losses. I mean, uh, you, you, you lost the Hunting Badger. You can say whatever you want about the Hunting mm-hmm. Badger. That was a big loss for Houston. It was. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to deny that for one second. That was a huge loss for them. Um, yep. <clears throat> but I do think that they will find a way to recover. Didn't they sign somebody, though? I thought they signed someone to kind of replace him. I'm trying um, to remember now. I don't, I don't remember. Well, uh, I, thought, I thought they had signed somebody, but I could be wrong. Well, let's find out because Google knows everything, Cuervo. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, Matt Khalil. They get Matt Khalil from the uh, from the uh, from the um, Panthers. Well, I mean, but I don't think he's a safety, though. Um, I'm talking about who do they get to like replace the Honey Badger? Not sure. I don't think Yeah, that's right. Khalil's offensive lineman. I thought he was defensive lineman. That's right. I just got my, my brain or brains wrong on that one. Um, uh, let's see here. It doesn't say Cuervo. I'm not seeing anything. But then again, you know, this goes to show how much, you know, preparation we do for the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I mean, we fly by the seat of our pants. But I don't see anything in the quick news out of uh, as far as you know, as far as the safety is is concerned. Let me just add the word safety, and maybe it'll bring it up. Um, but uh, there he goes, and no Cuervo. It doesn't look anything. Yeah, they, they did. Well, they did. They did sign AJ McCarron, yeah, though. That's a good thing. Uh, and let's see here, um, uh, to Sean Gibson. Uh, so um, they grabbed him up as a safety. So I don't know if that's who oh, you're okay. thinking that's, of. 
That might be who it is. That's that's not a bad yeah. signing. He's he's a pretty decent guy. Uh, I don't yeah, know if he's Tyron Matthew talented, but um, but I mean, if you're going to fill the spot, you know, he, he may not be he may not be the honey badger, but maybe a level below that. And right now, you need to make sure that you fill the hole somehow. And then if you can score the big one, then you, but at least you got you know. At worst case scenario, mm-hmm. temporary coverage for the spot. So that, that's good. That, that's a good point right there. And uh, didn't I think he came from Cleve, uh, Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think he did come yeah. from Cleveland. So I, I think he's from Cleveland. Uh, so, so that's the news there. So you're, you're right. So AFC South is going to be interesting this year. It might be very competitive. So we'll watch out for that. More news coming out of the NFL as. Uh, Great. Get their backup quarterback in. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Mike Glennon, backup quarterback to Derek Carr. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and the reason why I don't know, Cuervo, is, is that right now, when you look at Derek Carr, it, you, you got to first of all worry about injuries. You don't even have to worry about, you know, Carr being the quarterback. You don't even have to worry about his arm. You, you don't have to worry about him who he's going to throw. This guy, Antonio Brown. But you got to worry about injury. And I don't know if Glennon – I mean, he's a good he, – he's in the position that he should be in. But if you're the Raiders, don't, do you think they could have done better? Oh, yeah. I definitely think they could have. <clears throat> Mike Glennon is, is – is... I know he's Golly. better than Peter. Was it Peterman was there last year, if I'm not mistaken? So he's better than that. I'll give him that. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean he's better. <laughs> he's better than that. He, he, ah, who was the Oakland Raiders backup? I think it was like was it Con? No, Connor Cook was not there anymore. I can't remember. It was I just know who's god awful. We've we've wiped them from our minds. I mean. You, you delete. You hit delete when you were. Who was the backup last year? You hit delete. You don't even know who it is. That yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> right. uh, but I yeah, mean, when when the, when the Raiders signed Nathan Peterman out of Buffalo, I was like, what the hell are they thinking? I mean, well, that's desperate. So uh, you get there. You you get Glennon. He becomes your second because if it's Nathan Peterman, uh, they need to fire. Um, they need to fire uh, Gruden. Uh, so you know. So. You got your second, and that's pretty much what you need to do. And along with, you know, you know, all the other problems, you know, Oakland is going to stay in Oakland for one more year. Uh, they they voted that. Um, so with the option of 2020 on whether or not that stadium will be ready in Vegas, I I said that from the from the beginning that this wasn't going to happen as quick as they think it was going to happen, and here it is. They left it open up for an option for 2020 in case the stadium isn't ready. So Oakland could have, you know, you know, have their team for the next couple of years. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, like, you, like you said, though, it's, it's better than Nathan Peterman. So, yes. You know, con- Big time. congrats. Congrats. Yep. I mean, they also got A.J. McCarron, like I said, or – no, they didn't oh, get A.J. McCarron. Houston did. No, no, he they, – yeah, exactly. They they released they, – I think they released him. So, yep. So, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. Here is probably the best move I think that has happened this week. And, and it's such a small signing because everybody thinks Todd Gurley is the guy 
But with his injuries and his situation going on, the Rams go ahead and match the two-year deal that was offered to Malcolm Brown. Um, And that is a huge thing because they need this guy because you don't know what you're going to get from Gurley. Gurley pocketed his money, which was very smart in his case, knowing where he was in his injury. You can't tell me that Gurley didn't know what was coming his way as far as his injuries. I think this has been something that has been a long time going on. Um, So when he got his money, then it really showed that he's got his problems compared to if he didn't get his money that too early. Um, maybe we could have seen maybe the girly that might have been there. So he got his money, he pocketed, he's gone down. So Malcolm Brown becomes the guy that the Rams can depend on at the running back position. Yeah, I mean, good backup. Look, C.J. Anderson did a great job too. Um, yep. I think he's they, they must paid. have let he's him going go. somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Good for him. Like I said, I mean, he, he had an opportunity yep. to play for a contract, playing with the Rams in the playoffs, and he capitalized on it. I mean, good for him. So Absolutely. I'm surprised that the Rams didn't take, didn't keep him, though. I mean, just, just the way he played for the Rams, I thought that was enough to kind of just say, you know what, we want to keep, we want to keep you. We want you to be Todd's backup. Uh, but – Either either they weren't willing to dish the money out, or they just didn't. They felt like they didn't see enough. Uh, I don't know what else you wanted from uh, C.J. Anderson if you felt like you didn't see enough. But I thought he definitely earned an opportunity to be Todd Gurley's backup, and it's just not going to happen. So, uh, like you said, he'll find he'll find you know maybe a team like the Indianapolis Colts will grab him up, you know. And uh, give him give him an opportunity to play. He he would start he would start for the Colts if they signed him right now. Cuervo, C.J. Anderson's only twenty eight years old. He's got this year and next year, you know, and then you get to thirty, and then you get to the other side of thirty. So you got at least two more good years with C.J. Anderson if you can work him into the offense. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. You know, you still you still have time for you know, he can he could still produce like you said he's under 30 and that's what you want so um yep you know the teams teams are are sleeping on him i'm surprised he's not getting uh maybe or maybe he is getting offers i don't know but it doesn't sound like it from from what exactly it, from just the fact that nothing has really come out saying you know a b and c team are interested in in cg anderson i don't know what else they wanted to see from him, like I said, going into the playoffs, I mean, he took over uh, yep. in a lot of situations for the Rams that helped them get to that Super Bowl, and he's still not getting the recognition that he should be getting. I think you're right. Absolutely. Good stuff there. So, And quite possibly another move that in theory makes so much sense and so I got to give them an A for it. The Baltimore Ravens, they sign RG3. He is back in the NFL. And, you know, the simple fact of the matter is, is that if you're going to go ahead and Jackson is going to be your guy, the natural progression at a backup quarterback, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, is 
in RG3. And they, and I, it's a two-year contract uh, set up for him. This is actually a smart move based upon the fact that they made the worst decision in reality by making Lamar Jackson the quarterback. Yeah, I said it. And uh, because I'm expecting the fall on the face. And you want to talk about a guy that has been sabotaged ever since he signed the extension and Jim Harbaugh, which, by the way, made an appearance over at the Duke City Gladiator Wichita Force football game that happened in Champions Indoor Football. That happens to be my league. They have sabotaged John Harbaugh. He's lost defense. He does and now ties him with the second-year quarterback that's going to get ripped from the bone, and then you bring in the backup that is the same guy, just about five years older, and Robert Griffin III. Well, Sonny, you know, you mentioned it last week. At least, at least they're consistent with the type of quarterback that they have. Um, yes. You know, they, the, the, the starter is, is, a, is a guy, mobile quarterback with a, with a questionable arm. RG3 is the same guy. He's mobile, has a questionable arm. So what I expect from Lamar Jackson this year in reality, Sonny, is pretty much a one-to-one ratio of touchdown to interception. What I mean by that is pretty much 25 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, or maybe 20 interceptions. I I really think that the – quarterback I don't know if the I don't know if the ability to to read plays is there. And I'm not saying he's stupid, I'm just saying that the IQ might not be where it needs to be. And yes. I think he's gonna be relying on his legs a lot. And for Ravens fans' sake and for, for the organization's sake, I really hope that Lamar doesn't put himself in a situation to be open to, to be injured. I really hope that doesn't happen. Well, and but that but that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you got that quarterback. It is. That, that's the yeah. It's the nature of that that beast that you and you want to talk about sellout. I mean, you completely sell out on the the fact that you need a pocket passer in Baltimore because you get rid of Joe Flacco, who is the atypical. And obviously, won him a Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, and we kick you out the door for a Lamar Jackson. Listen, I don't care what Lamar Jackson did last year. I don't care. He comes out of Louisville. No one knows anything about him. You can look at the film all day long, and it don't mean anything because it's a different game. So you might be able to pull him for the first year, but I got I got news for you. Every opponent against the Baltimore Ravens will be up on that whole type of new quarterback that is Lamar Jackson. And listen, I, I called this as soon as they, they named him the starter for next year. The, the sophomore slump is going to come down hard and heavy, whether it's the injury, whether it's the bad play, whatever the case may be for Lamar Jackson. And, and frankly, in a division of football, Cuervo, where you got the Steelers, you had the Bengals, who are not very good. You're going to be challenging the Bengals for the third and fourth spot within this division because you can say whatever you want. The Steelers are going to win this division. Uh, whether or not Cleveland will live up to the hype, let's just say they do. They'll end up second. They'll be battling for third against the Cincinnati Bengals. 
So that whole situation for them, yep. if they don't get that home run from Lamar Jackson, that's this franchise is in a lot of trouble, and Jim Harbaugh will be gone. You're right, Sonny. You're right, and and, and I'll, I'll I'll make a bold prediction right now. Today is what March 24th. Hmm. March. I want to say today's March 24th. Yeah, today's March 24th. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens, if it doesn't happen this year, it's definitely going to happen last year. They're going to be dead last in this division. That's just that's just and, what and, it's going to be. And, and what a turnaround, Cuervo, because the last 10 years we've been talking about Baltimore Steelers and sometimes Cincinnati if they can get up there and say if they're not a one-and-done in the playoffs. Um, so those were the three that dominated this the, the division of football, and really the number one, number well, two was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the biggest change that, that Baltimore is going to be going through this year um, that nobody has – Maybe maybe locally they're talking about it. People that really know the organization that are hardcore uh, Ravens fans. Ozzie Newsom is no longer the GM. That's a big me, loss that's for them. Biggest, I don't care what anybody says. That's the says. biggest change. That is franchise changing, and not in a good way, Sonny. I Ozzie agree. Newsom 100%. Built what, what Ravens fans have known for the past seven, eight years, Ozzie Newsom built that. Okay. Yep. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that that could be part of why you saw C.J. Mosley leave, why why you saw Eric Weddle leave, why you saw um, uh, who else did they lose? They lost another guy too. Uh, well, they lost the Holodi Nada a few years ago, but that's what kind of started. Well, just it all. this year, Cuervo, uh, they gave away three <clears> defensive <throat> players not more than two weeks ago, and that goes back to the sabotage. Yeah. And but. Ozzy Newsom, you know, Ozzy Newsom's, you know, he, I think he's seen what was going to end up happening. He didn't have any more pull to stop it. And that's the reason they didn't fire this guy. He stepped down and said, listen, this is no, 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 no. He can't do, he, 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 we can't do. I don't think, and I don't think, it, 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 I don't think him and Bashadi were, were seeing eye to eye anymore. Absolutely. I think that's what the problem was. You know, and, and so. not only that, hey, Cuervo, you, you think about this, that whole situation as far as Isaac Newsom is concerned. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as what he has done, look at the Terrell Suggs situation over there, Cuervo. All right. So, Damn it. That's he, the third guy. How did I forget about Suggs? I'm, I'm sitting but, here I'm rattling my brain. I'm like, okay, it's C.J. Mosley and Weddle. Who's the third? And I totally forgot Terrell Suggs is with the Arizona Cardinals now. Totally and, and 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 I'm going to tell you the reason why Terrell Suggs left is you know it is because of that relationship Ozzie Newsom and Ozzie. him those guys yeah. were tight and, and the loss of Ozzie Newsom he didn't feel comfortable moving forward in his Hall of Fame career yeah I said it that puts him in the situation former Arizona uh, State uh, you know, Sun Devil um, yep. That puts him in this situation of where he's going to be for the rest of his career. Listen, you can say whatever you want about Terrell, uh, Terrell Suggs, okay? You can talk about his age. This guy's got two more good years. He needs to get on a football team that will go ahead and grab him up and move him. Did he move? I don't think he has a team right now. That part, I don't know if he got picked up, but I know he's gone. Suggs? And that happened, yeah, that happened yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Arizona so, Cardinals. 
Is that where he, he went? He's an Arizona Cardinals fan. Arizona oh, Cardinals. Is that right there? I, and listen, that, that, you say whatever you want. That that might be the biggest signing for the Arizona Cardinals. Listen, we talk about the Arizona Cardinals. It, it hasn't been about their offense. Their offense was good because their defense has been good. That makes and, sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just like so, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the the, the Seahawks listen, when, when, for years. When that, that defense thing bailed went down off, where though, that turned. When that, I, tr- I wish I could have got a hold of Jim Harbaugh down, and, and they were in Duke City. That's Albuquerque, by the way, in case people don't know where Duke City is in Albuquerque. I wish I could have got a hold of him. I could have called Coach B, the head coach of that football team, and, and could have asked him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that is a big-time, huge loss for that. Wait, wait, hold on, Cuervo, I got an idea. I got an idea. Hold on. And see if I could work this phone. All right. I'm gonna. I'm going to. Oh man. All right. Hold I have on. a feeling gotta, we're getting some guests right now. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get the head coach of the Duke City Gladiators online. God, I wish I would have thought about this course. I think about it 20 minutes before the show, and I can't give him a heads up. All right. Let me hit that button right here. All right, hit that button here. I got to work a phone, and I'm not good under pressure with a phone. If I get, like, 30 minutes to figure out what I got to do with a phone, I can do it. Um, let's see here. Let me see here. Um, there it is right here. Hit that button right there. And, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to bring on the head coach of the Duke City Gladiators just to see if we can get some kind of idea on how – um, John Harbaugh's feeling about that move because that move happened when he was over there. Alright, hold on. Hit that button right there. Did it go in? Yes. And the final four numbers, there it is. I'm gonna I am. I'm gonna hit the button. And he's always wanted to be on my show anyway, so we'll see if we can bring him on. I just want to throw something out there real quick, Sonny. For those that really don't think we, we don't rehearse, this is your proof right here. We don't rehearse for our show. This is raw. This is raw right here, ladies and gentlemen. That's if I could get him to answer the phone. Now, if I called for my number, he'd answer, but he's probably looking at this number going, what the hell are you doing? So here's what uh, – see, I can't, and, and I can't hang up and call. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, this is definitely not scripted, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Oh, I don't want the telephone number to go up. Four, zero, five, six, six, eight, two. Oh, shoot. All right. I'm, I'm trying here. Hey, it's me calling on the other line. So I'm going to see if I, I, um, uh, all right, on my show, see if I can get him in here. All right. So, uh, let's see here. And I got, and I got to get Cuervo back cause I hung up on him uh, trying to do this impromptu thing. Hold on. Let's see here. Let's see here. Hit that. All right. Call back in. And I got that. And go here. And let's see. 
Sorry about that, Guervo, and I'm going to hit the button again. I just sent okay. a text, but maybe he'll answer the he'll maybe he'll answer the phone if he reads his text. All right, all right, let's do this. I I hope he answers. I hope he got it because he's always wanted to be a guest on the Constant Sports Show. At least that's what he always says in a joking way. Anyway, so come on. Hello. Hey, Coach, you are on live right now on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Hey, congratulations on the victory last night. Wow, the Couch Potato's up, huh? The Couch Potato Show is is rocking and rolling right now? Exactly. You're on live. So, And the reason why we are calling, okay, just to kind of set this up again, congratulations on the victory last night. Oh, thank you, Sonny, as I sit on my Couch Potato. That's right, man. So, now, the reason why we were talking about there was a big move that happened in Baltimore, and you happen to have the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens right next to you. What do you think – well, what is your impressions of what you think John Harbaugh thinks about losing the Terrell Suggs? Um, you know, John loved T-Sizzle. He, he loved the, the, the number of years that uh, he played there, and uh, – you know, he's happy that uh, Terrell gets to play at home. Terrell's from that area, and so he's happy he gets to play at home. So uh, so, so, as atypical answers to the questions to the media, that's the right answer. And now, I didn't bring you on for the right answer to the media. I brought you on for his real feelings of what he actually feels about. Now, you can pass that crap on to a different host on the sports show, but you can't pass that out on me. So, so you tell me what his real feelings Listen, are. You're Listen, from the right fe- you're, from the, you're from the Phoenix area. You know how beautiful it is down there. And Absolutely. so he's, he's, thrilled for, he's thrilled for T-Sizzle, but he's playing in that area. Read between the lines. I, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I, you know, in the, NFL, in the NFL, Sonny, you know, when you play as long as uh, Sizzle played, um, teams are always looking to uh, make sure that they're covered on the back end. And so, um, you know, as, as uh, great a player Terrell was, John is truly happy. And I don't want to speak for John. He's truly happy that he's, uh, he's gone home and played. Okay. All right. That having been said, now yeah, that's the name of our show on Sunday mornings. That being said, I got the question I have now. If you don't, re- you probably remember I was, you know, the the trade with Flacco and everything. I was a little bit rough on John Harbaugh. But here's one of the things that I'm actually going to defend your man now. Uh, by the way, folks that don't know, head coach of the Duke City Gladiators over in Albuquerque, really good friends with John Harbaugh uh, from the uh, Ravens, but. Ever since that move, he signed that extension as the head coach of this football team. Coach, I'm going to tell you right now, the the franchise has sabotaged this guy on being successful here in this next year. Look at all the losses. Three players defensive, not four, four defensive players that he has lost in order to go into this season. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you want to talk about a sabotage move. That's what this franchise did to John Harbaugh. You think so? I mean, the only thing that I could tell you, they're still in a free agent market. Um, and so the Earl Thomas was a big signing. Um, yes, it was. You know, in the in the NFL, you know, a lot of people buy into the Bill Walsh theory 
The Bill Walsh theory is get rid of him a year early, you know, rather than a year late. You know, Belichick buys into that theory. And so, but uh, they've got some good time. They're really excited. I mean, they're super excited over there in Owings Mills, Maryland, about what's transpiring with Lamar Jackson. They are truly going to, uh, the one of the things that he constantly talked about here in Albuquerque was, you know, what they're going to do with their offense and how groundbreaking it's going to be for the NFL. And yet they don't know if it's going to work. But they are all, they're all in on the Lamar Jackson philosophy. They're all in. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, full-blown RPO in, in the NFL. I listen. I I I and I, I love John Harbaugh because he's your guy, and I love you, of course. But listen, I'm not a big fan on the Lamar Jackson deal anyway. I I think, but the smart thing they did, they backed him up. They get RG three. I if you're gonna go that route, coach, you picking up the uh, RG three to back him up is probably the smartest thing that they could have done as far as backing well, up. Well, there's there's no doubt. Your top two quarterbacks fit into the philosophy of what you do. Your offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, fits into the philosophy, offensive philosophy of what you do. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, to, to not sound dramatic, I think it's going to be revolutionary what they're going to do out there. And uh, I'm excited for, you know, their season to start because, you know, <clears throat> everybody's running RPO. You see RPO in our league, Sonny. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's the trend. You know, you remember we used to, uh, you know, we used to, uh, you know, drop back and throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. No more. Yeah. The game's changed, and the Ravens are trying to stay, uh, you know, uh, ahead of the curve. And they're excited about it. I know as an organization, I know John is super excited about uh, what's going on in Baltimore. Well, they're either going to be innovators or they're going to fall flat on their face. I don't think you get they're, and they're wi- and they're willing that route. and they're willing to take that chance. Have, you know, one of the I things that John, that. one of the things that John, you know, what came to him this year in his, uh, you know, twelfth year of coaching was that you know you follow football, son. You're you're, you're a football fanatic, and. Uh, one of the things that he learned this year is, if you remember at midseason when, you know, everybody was talking about him being replaced in Baltimore. Whoops. Did I lose you, Coach? I wonder if I just lost uh, – that's Coach. Uh, um, Coach, are you there? What we're going to do, we're, I'm going to try to hang up on him. Hey, hey, Cuervo, interesting stuff here. I'm going to hang up, Coach. I'm going to call you right back. Okay, he just went away. Or Hold on, he's still there. All right, I'm going to try to call him right back. But uh, let's see here. Uh, let's try if I can get, get him back up on here. Hello? There he is. Got your back. I don't know where we just lost you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it could be the mountains out here, Sonny. Yeah, um, that's what it is. But uh, where, where, where did we leave off? <laughs> well, I said it's either going to be innovation or it's going to fall on their face, and, and then you went 
right into what you were going to say about it. Okay, they're willing to fall on their face. That's how excited they yeah, are. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're willing to fall on their face. You have a head coach that is so secure in who he is. You know, the, the, the great thing about it is I think I was telling you, Sonny, that midway when the, when the national media was, port, was reporting that there were going to be a uh, separation between John and the Baltimore Ravens for a long time, yeah. you know, I had, a long conver- I had a long conversation with John. And uh, he was so clear-minded. He was so – there was no weight on, the, on his shoulders. He said, man, all I want to do is coach. And, uh, and so um, one of the things we found out was, you know, when the media was reporting he was going, uh, he became the number one candidate for every job, the possible job that was going to open up. That is and – I mean, became the number one candidate. And, you know, that, you know, that made him feel good. That made him feel like, hey, you know, uh, you know, my culture works. You know, the Raven way works. And, and so the Ravens realized that. And so, you know, in the NFL, it's such a uh, copycat league. Um, the talent that Lamar Jackson has is twofold, man. You know what that RPO does, Sonny. You got to hold. You know that holds the. You know the defense has got to be held accountable. Got to hold that quarterback accountable. They got to account for him yeah. now. You know, and so Lamar Jackson. My goodness, I don't know how much you've seen him play, um, but uh, he's electrifying. And uh, and so it's you know that's uh they're excited man they're excited out there in Owens Mills man about what they're going to attempt to do most important thing though they got to keep them healthy i mean they, yeah i just ask RG3 i mean for that type so but it is something that's really important now folks we're online he is the head coach of the Duke City Gladiators coach Bamonte listen um yeah, going into what happened with him, did you get any kind of reaction about the the loss of Ozzy Newsom and that relationship? How, how's he feeling? No, Ozzy still. Ozzy still goes to the office every day. He's just moved into, you know, a different area, but he still works every day. He still goes there every day. Um. um you know, Ernie DaCosta is a phenomenal GM and has a great working relationship with John. But Ozzy's still around, man. You know, they, they had a transition. You know, they, tra- they they planned on this transition. So they're not going to skip a beat. But uh, Ozzy's in the office every day, just in a over different 40, role. Over 4,100 people at the games last night, boy. That That's big time. Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, Gina Thomas uh, and her and her team worked uh, extremely hard, um, and in a short period of time, they you know they had a lot. You know, it, it's it's nice when you're the defending champions, and you know the whole the whole goal is to capture the you know the the whole goal is to capture you know recapture the market that you had at the championship game, and it looks like they did a pretty good job doing that. Definitely, hey, coach. Thanks for the couple of minutes. We're in overtime on the game. Hey, you didn't even want to talk to me, man. You didn't even want to talk to me today, brother. You wanted to talk to Hardball. Uh, no, 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 hold on. Listen, on this show, 
we realize that we can't get a hold of those guys, so we don't even waste our time. We don't have guests on our show normally. So we'll have maybe four a year, and you're one of them, Uh, mainly because I need to answer the phone if you knew. And you know, you know I come on this show every time, you know, uh, it's called. Because yeah. I am an avid listener of the Couch Potato. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely have to pay you for that because we know he's lying. But that, that's okay though. But you know, I love you. And wait, when are you coming to Dallas? Uh, are, are you taking on the Revolution when you come back the, the, this year? The only thing that's on my mind, Sonny, is we have Amarillo this week, and I don't know anything else. We got a yeah. tough Amarillo team coming to Albuquerque, and I, I don't know any other schedule other than Amarillo. What a game last night in Amarillo, by the way. That was that was craziness. So, so what yeah, was the final won. score? What was the final score? They won by six. I forget uh, what the score was, but they won by six. Uh, Barely, too. I mean, obviously, if you got two seconds on the board, you got a chance to win the game if you're within six in, in our league. So there you go. And especially when you got a trigger man by the name of Nate Davis. Oh, man, tell me about it. My goodness. But it is what it is. He's the head coach of the Duke City Gladiators. Thanks for coming to have a seat on the couch with me. I appreciate it. And uh, we're in overtime. My so, pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's great. So have yourself a good day. I'm sure we'll be talking later on this week. My pleasure, Sonny Clark and a couch potato. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, now – that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. Hey, Cuervo, by the way, that, that whole situation, you know, the first question, he answered the political correct answer. So let's put it out that way. That, 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 is, that is not a good thing, but just to let you know, reading between the lines, we know exactly what it is. He, I even tried to get him to fess up to it, and he just wouldn't do it, so we know that that atypical answer. The rest of it was genuine, just to let you know. Uh, some interesting information coming from the head coach of the Duke City Gladiators regarding Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I appreciate the coach. It was a, it was a last-minute situation, so it was awesome. That he, so much that I hung he, up uh, on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think yeah, I, th- I think you hit the, the hang-up-on-everybody button on accident, but, hey, it's, it's all good, but uh, – I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, I know how to read read between the lines too, and so I think I think on both sides they're they're in a better place now, and uh, they're both moving on from that relationship over there in Baltimore. Yeah. and you know, so congrats to both sides. Um, like I said, the, both sides, Terrell and the Baltimore Ravens, they've moved on, and everybody's happy, and that's good. Um, it's the nature of the business. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what it is. It's a business. So, you know, as, as beloved as, as Sizzle was in Baltimore, uh, people have to understand that it's also a business. And, and the Ravens, as an organization, have the best position to win football games. So, with that said, uh, that's exactly what they did. And they made they made a decision that wasn't the most – no fan friendly, right? It wasn't the most fan friendly. Yep. A lot of people still love Sizzle over there in Baltimore, but it, it wasn't about the fans anymore. You, you you can't worry about what the fan base is going to say. You have to move on and and make the best yep. 
decision that's going to help you win championships. Yeah, that's the business portion of it. In reality, that's part of the story. Um, uh, through there, uh, Ozzie Newsom, you know, taking a little bit less role in that. I think that affects him very much because he's not going to be part of the day-to-day at the general match. I'm sure he's going to have some input, but not the day-to-day actively going to look for the guys, getting the guys signed up, and all that good stuff. So that that's it, you, you can say whatever you want, even though he's still part of it. This is a huge loss for the Ravens as they move forward because of the relationship that Ozzie Newsom can have with players, and th- this is one of them. So. Uh, uh, that huge thing, and then the report coming out, you know, that, that was the biggest reason why uh, uh, T. Sizzle moves on. He goes to the sizzle of Arizona and the heat down there. But I will tell you right now, that you, the, when you when you get a thrill down in Arizona, you have improved your defense. And I don't even care how old this guy is now. He's up there. Uh, spent all of his career up there, and now he comes back home uh, to finish out his career down there in Arizona State. Two-year deal uh, for Terrell Suggs. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. So uh, we are in overtime here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we did this impromptu call uh, to get over to, to Coach. That having been said, now we're really going to be in on what we uh, uh, we call our quick hits here. So let's go to the quick hits. Of how about the Saints wrapping up? A tight end, and, and this is a big move. Square though, Jared Cooks over to the New Orleans Saints. That's not just a. That's not just a target. That yeah, you said Jared Cook. Yeah, that's a, yes, I mean, Jared Cook I, to I the like Saints. That. I like that for the Saints. That's a good one. And, you know, and, he, and you know, Jared Cook's not the same guy he was five years ago, uh, but I do think that he is. He is another option now for Drew Brees. Uh, a lot of focus was obviously put on Michael Thomas throughout the season. Uh, you know, aside from the running game, I'm talking about in the passing game alone. Michael Thomas yep. was the obvious number one option for them. And uh, But what, what Jared Cook brings to the table is obviously he's a red zone target for number one. And number two, I mean, he takes a, he takes some of the pressure off of a Michael Thomas. So, uh, and, you know, and Jared Cook is also an outstanding, you know, run blocker. And I think that's, that's, Another reason they brought him in. Help that running game some more with Alvin Kamara and whoever else is going to be the backup because it's not Mark Ingram anymore. Um, you know, he went to, actually, we, we forgot to ask Coach about that move. I mean, they, they signed the Baltimore Ravens, signed Mark Ingram. But um, I'm sure, you know, if you talk to uh, the coaches, as often as you guys are mentioning, I'm sure you'll get your thoughts. You'll, you'll get his thoughts on that sooner or later. But um, sure. You know, you know Kamara, and then whoever the backup's going to be, Cook's going to bring a lot to the table as far as helping with that with that line run blocking, making bigger holes for Kamara, uh, because that's what he's going to need. You know, especially with exactly. Jack Unger possibly retiring, never, you know, not coming back to the team. Uh, you know, a little bit extra, extra protection just anywhere on the line is, is definitely going to help. And this could be the move, maybe. I mean, I think Unger coming back might just be one move away, you know, the right move. And maybe – and maybe they can get him back in the lineup for one more Super Bowl run, you know. So, you know, could this be the move? I don't know. But I will tell you this right now. uh, That is a – that that is a big-time pickup there for the New Orleans Saints. And then last but not least – as we're here, I'm calling BS. 
I'm calling BS on the running back that is bell out of the Steelers. This guy, uh, you know, this happened uh, a couple of days ago. And he says that Ben Roethlisberger is one of the factors that led for him to departure. And I'm calling BS on this. I, you know, I cannot get past the fact that you have a guy. Listen, no one's denying this guy's talent. I'm not going anywhere. But if you believe for one moment, okay, that Le'Veon Bell is not a stealer because of money, and but it was uh, part of Ben Roethlisberger, I'm not falling for this nonsense. Not only that, you want to talk about add insult to injuries? How about a running back that gets the ball in the air and opportunity to shine? This is crap. This is him out of the way, out the door, and he's trying to blast the guy that literally, if you want to talk about the running back making an impact, breaking the records of my man Larry uh, Larry Sanders out of Arizona as the receptions leader in a year, you know, how I the. The, the the slap in the face of Ben Roethlisberger lay on Le'Veon Bell's level is is totally. This was all well, Quavo. What do we always say about in this show? You know, in reality, when you talk, and especially in Le'Veon Bell, it was all about the money. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he doesn't want to look like the bad guy. So what is he going to do? He's going to point the finger somebody else. And, you know, the victim this time is, is Ben Roethlisberger. You know, matter of fact, both of these guys are doing it to Ben. So, you know, what I, would I totally rule out that those three didn't see eye to eye anymore? No, I wouldn't rule it out one bit. I think there, I think there was a, a, you know, this was you know, one of them simple situations where one guy was getting more credit than the other, and then, you know, the third guy felt like he was being left out and, you know, those types of situations most of the time don't work out. Okay? And then that's why you see things like this happen where, you know, one guy will, will, will split off or even two in this instance. Uh, obviously, you know, for the Dallas listeners, hey, look, congratulations. It worked out for you guys. You know, got you three Super Bowls with your the triplets that you guys had down in Dallas in the 90s. So good for you. Congratulations. But unfortunately for the Steelers, um, this triplet situation didn't work out. Um, I think there was just a big issue of, of a lot of uh, – there's too much ego going around. And um, Good point. You know, that, that's, that's what you saw in, in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, one wanted to be the bigger star than the, than the next. And so, um, you know, I, I, I just think that – that's why you saw this team break up. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell, he, you know, he made some comments about, you know, Ben wanted to do it his way. I wanted to do it my way. And everybody wanted to do it their way. That's, that's what I'm saying is, like, they just didn't see eye to eye anymore. And, you know, I mean, the, the franchise decided that once again, you know, they, they back up the quarterback. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I mean, if Ben was 10 years younger, I would definitely see why you would back you would take his side. Uh, but I only see Ben Roethlisberger playing another maybe, maybe, I don't know. What do you think? Three seasons? I say three seasons Ben has left before he's done. Uh, just based on the injuries and, and, and his longevity, 
he just he's just not the you know he's just so beat up, son. You can tell he's beat up. And, and well, now he has nobody to hand the ball off to. He has nobody to throw to. I shouldn't say that. I mean, James Conner's a good running back, um, but we'll see if he can do it again this year. Um, I think people just kind of wrote him off because he wasn't a big name. Now people are paying attention to him. Well, we'll see if he can still produce. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think the situation with Antonio Brown, that had to happen. I mean, he was he was just being – the disrespect he was showing to that organization was, Absolutely. was more than enough to say, you know what, you're out of here. So um, – well, here, here's my here's my thing. What's one thing that uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown don't have that Ben Roethlisberger has? Rings. Two of them. Two of them. And yeah, yeah, two of them. So you know, and, and Bell and Brown can talk about all they want. Listen, but when you got a guy. That has you know in the storied franchise that the Steelers are. You need to say whatever you want about them. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, is the reason why they got to those Super Bowls is. Hey, we're talking about six-time Pro Bowler, okay? All right, two-time NFL pass leader, and as early as last year, 2018. All right, so it's not the fact that. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't getting Antonio Belt or Brown the ball. I, I'm so sick of it. Look at the numbers. If this was any other quarterback in the NFL, Antonio Brown ain't getting what he got. And, and this is a classic case. Is and he'll find out over in Oakland. You don't know what you. What's the old song say? You, you don't know what you got until you don't have it. And that's what's going to end up happening here. And. and you want to talk about and, – and it's these kind of things that make me, as a fan of it and talking about it, want me to see these guys fall flat on their face and just go away. And that's and, – and it's because the proven method is the Steelers. It isn't Bell. It isn't Brown. It is Ben Roethlisberger. That's the proven method. Now, you can be a part of that proven method, but – the fact of the matter is, the man that's leading it out there, like you said, for the next at least two years, Cuervo, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. You want to get paid? Okay, that's fine. But really the simple fact, out of all the people that Antonio Brown could complain about, it would be the quarterback because he got the ball more than he possibly would have gotten anywhere else in the NFL, Cuervo. Right, and, and – yeah, I, I think that. Uh, well, I think we talked about it before, but Le'Veon kind of got screwed on when he left Pittsburgh. You know, in, in the sense of, you know, if, if it really was about the money, um, his agent didn't do him any favors. But uh, I think it was more for him. He just wanted out of Pittsburgh. I don't think. I, I think. Do I think it was all about the money? Eh. Maybe, but I think it was just more about he wanted out 85% of eighty-five percent is about the Cuervo. The simple fact of the matter is, is eighty-five percent of Bell leaving. I I don't see, but with Le'Veon, I don't buy that, Sonny. And the, and the reason I don't buy that is because if he really was about the money, you do you do you really think he would have sat last season out? 
Absolutely, because he didn't get what he wanted, Cuervo. This is the atypical thing. This is what he wanted. He didn't care about the Steelers, okay? More in the fact, whether it's the Steelers or somebody else, because he sat out because of the money. He didn't sit out because he had some kind of disagreement with with uh, with, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. The reason why he sat out is because, oh, hold on, I'm going to die. Sorry, I was dying on the coughing gag, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that he sat out because of the money in reality. And, and, and that's the only reason. He had those, listen, 15% of having a problem with Ben Roethlisberger is no reason to sit out the season. 15% out of 100%, 85% of this is all about money. And that's the reason why we didn't see Le'Veon Bell in the uniform. And not only that, he thought he could get what he thought he was worth. And guess what? It's not the player that dictates how much money you're going to make. It is the actual players. That means everybody within your position. And and your only worth is what someone will pay for you. And guess what? He got a dose of reality when he went over to the New York Jets. He did. And, you know, I haven't I haven't compared the numbers, but I'm I'm wondering if Gurley is still making more than than uh, Le'Veon Bill is going to be making with the Jets. I'm curious to know that. I haven't I haven't compared the numbers, but I wonder, you know, who who's getting paid more? Is it Bell or is it is it Todd Gurley? Because in reality, those are the only two right now that, as far as like standout running backs. You know, I know Saquon Barkley had a good rookie season, Sonny, but he's not you know, show me more. You know, you had a good rookie year. Show me more though. And and maybe you'll be in that conversation. Yep. But right now Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Those are the only two guys that are that are worth talking about as far as best running backs in the game I agree. today. Completely agree with you. And not only that, look at this number. Now granted, okay, last year, uh, you know, you, you look at the numbers, Antonio Brown, 1,200 yards, 104 receptions. This is this is not a guy that's being left out of the offense, Cuervo. I mean, come on, let's get serious. Michael Thomas led the league with 125 receptions. So you're telling me that 21 receptions is the lack of respect that you need to feel because you didn't end up getting all of them or whatever the case may be. I'm not buying that either because really, if you look at DeAndre Hopkins, 115 receptions compared to the 104 that Antonio Brown got, okay, 1,500 yards, and then the 1,297, you know, what are you doing with the ball afterwards is the big story. And that is on Antonio Brown in reality. He's got to get some more yards. He's got to figure out how to get more yards. Because let's, let's be honest, when you look at those numbers and you've seen DeAndre Hopkins get, you know, over 1,500 yards, you know, on just a few more uh, passes, it's necessarily. Don't do that. It's all about the yakety the yak in reality if you're going to get paid in the NFL as a wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's what you have to do. That and that's what makes playmakers. You know, that's why Yep. That's what makes Odell Beckham. That's what that's what Odell Beckham how he separates himself from other receivers is the, his abilities after catching the football. You know, he's not he's not a guy that's just going to catch the ball and fall to the ground. All right? He's a guy, he's going to find a way 
to get an extra 20 yards after making a ridiculous catch. Um, you know, Antonio Brown has shown flashes of that. Uh, I think Julio Jones, uh, when he has opportunities, he can be that guy too. Uh, uh, but, you know, aside from those three, you know, that's that's why those three are always in the conversation as far as best receiver in the game today. Uh, Michael Thomas will get there eventually. Uh, I, I haven't seen enough from him. He his The volume is there, the quantity, as far as the amount of catches, and obviously that's going to lead to yards and touchdowns. But I just want to sure. see him be more of a playmaker. I mean, he's just a guy yep. that can go up and he can he can possess the ball, uh, which is which is great. I mean, yeah, you got you got to be that way too. But I want to see him be more of a playmaker. I just didn't see that from Michael Thomas this year. Yeah, and 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 think about this: fourteen hundred and five yards. Okay, Julio Jones sixteen hundred and seventy-seven yards. Now Antonio Brown with I'm sorry, respectful. I mean, 1,297, that's very respectful. And 105 catches. I realize that those numbers aren't up, but the difference between 20 catches and you need to get to the Super Bowl, okay? And, you know, you, know, you, can, you can have these all day long, okay? But if you take mm-hmm. a look at the whole situation, okay, you look at the top players at the wide receiver position, okay? Who was in the Super yep. Bowl this year? New England was in the Super Bowl, okay? They win the Super Bowl against the Rams. Now, Cuervo, you go down the list, okay? All right, I'm down to number 18 before we're seeing either a Ram or a Patriot as far as the standings are concerned with receptions. Robert Woods, 86 receptions for the Rams. Unless I'm missing one. I'm just making sure I'm not missing one. No, no, that I, I believe it. I believe it. Look, I, I I've been I've been making that argument for, for a while now. Look, yep. why Julian Elliman at number thirty two. Yeah. Wide receivers are like having a Ferrari. You don't need it, but it's nice to have. Um as far as having a you know a, a big playmaking type receiver, but it's not yep. a need. It's you know it's not it, it, it it's flashy and it, it'd be awesome to have, but not everybody can have one, and you don't really need it. That's what that's what wide receivers are. They're Ferraris. Yep. Okay. So. So. Now now a quarterback, <laughs> a quarterback is the engine. You got to have that, or else you're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. Good point. Good, good point. You know, and that's why, you know, Goff and uh, Brady, I mean, Goff's career has taken off now that Sean McVay is the head coach over there in, in you know, over here in L.A. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I mean, there's there's really nothing else to say about that. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they did it with, with mediocre receivers. I, I absolutely agree about that. Yep. So interestingly so, enough, let's we'll see where all that goes, right? Yeah, and, and you know, did that hold the Steelers back from from getting to another Super Bowl? Look, we can debate that all day until we're blue no. in the face. We're never going to know the answer to that question because guess what? Antonio Brown is no longer a Steeler. 
uh, Le'Veon Bell is no longer a Steeler. So, who knows? Maybe. I don't think so, Tim. Don't, 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 uh, just yet. I think they're going to be just fine. Because maybe that's what they need. Maybe they needed to get rid of these guys. And you might see a different... A different attitude in Pittsburgh. I, I exactly, and, and you know, you know, sometimes you got to cut bait when you don't want to, and 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 this is a perfect example of that. I said it a couple of weeks ago. They should have done this last year. I mean, it, you know who your problem children are, okay? And in the NFL, you right. know immediately who those guys are, who they represent, and everything else. They represent themselves. And those are the and you're talking about a storied franchise that is not about that. I mean, go back in the history and looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not about me, 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 me. It's about the team, 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 team. That's the reason why they got they're tied with the you know Patriots with six Super Bowls for God's sake. It, and and the, it's the reason why the Dallas Cowboys can't win it either because they got too many me, 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 me guys on their football team. Yeah, I said it, Dallas. So, you know, it, it, when you get into the team atmosphere, that's what has worked in the past, and the Steelers needed to do this last year. I'm glad they did it because it's the right thing for the franchise's future instead of, you know, boasting money into two positions and two guys that are not completely sold on the team. They're sold on themselves. That's a good thing. But if you can't get them as far as the team is concerned – he, they got to be part. They cannot be part of your organization. That is the reason why they cut bait with them, and it was the right thing to do on a franchise standing. And we'll talk about this in two or three years on whether or not that this was a good move. And I bet you a dime they're going to be glad they moved away from those two guys. I hope I don't eat my words on that. By the way, no, I doubt you will, Sonny. Um, you know, just because, like I said, I mean, teams that have those, those type of receivers and, and even running backs with that ego never works out. I mean, yep. let, let's, let's really, let's take a look at teams that have had those and, and it doesn't, it just doesn't work out for them. Uh, so with that said, yes, you know, the, there's a lot of me, me, me. And, um, you know, you got to get rid of that. There, there's no I in, uh, there's no I in team. Okay. I know there isn't win, but there is no I in team. And that's what helps you win more games than than anything else is just that team effort. So, with that said, I mean, I mean, the teams that have the flashes, it doesn't work out too well for them because, to me, I think it holds them back a little bit. I I think I'm there. You gotta have a guy that's compliments to your team and and can and. You know, the way you want them to go as a franchise. So, well, we did three and a half hours. Why not? Let's just kick it. Thanks for uh, having uh, the coach of the Duke City Gladiators, and Dominic Balmate, a uh, good friend of John Harbaugh's, and they are tight, guys. I'm telling you, he went to his opening game just last night. He was in Albuquerque. So, uh, the good stuff there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said, everybody have a good weekend. We'll check you next week. We don't know the time yet. We'll know more about that a little bit later on. So, Cuervo, have yourself a good weekend. Thanks for the time, man. All righty, son. Have a good week. Opening day in Major League Baseball on Thursday. 
Yeah, yeah, something to look forward to. We'll find out about that as they're wrapping up spring training down in Arizona and Florida. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. We're out of here. Bye-bye.